Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Okay. We're going to be get started here in just a minute, so if you could please start finding your seats, that would be great. I'm going to start out with an announcement this morning. So, um, if I could have everyone's attention. So, um, some fortunate and unfortunate news. Um, I, I will share some quick news from yesterday. The pool is still closed outside. Uh, yes, Sorry. But my announcement is that on Friday, we still have a golf expo um, that's available. I have um, my contact reached out to a couple golf courses. We can't get on a golf course because of what's going on with the Super Bowl this weekend. But we have arranged to go to Top Golf. So anyone interested in learning how to play golf, please join us. I have 15 spaces available to go to Top Golf. So somewhere in the span of today and tomorrow, please let me know if you're interested, and I'll put you down for one of those 15 seats. It's an incredible experience. Having the opportunity as a blind person to try golf. I remember as a teenager, we went on an outing for my school and uh, seniors, and they went golfing. Well, what the heck could I do? I wanted to join them. Here was my opportunity to learn it, try it. It's fantastic. So please keep that in mind Friday morning. Uh, we would be leaving 9.30 here from the, the um, Rush Tower uh, area. Hop on the bus, they'll take us to Top Golf. We'll be there, get our golf clinic. So we'll be back about one, one o'clock. So please join us. Like I said, I've got 15 seats available and uh, that's my announcement. So with that, good morning and I will turn the floor over to our fabulous cruise director for this morning, Artis Bazin. Good morning, everyone. Oh. Trying to talk to myself. <laughs> I hope you can all hear me just fine. This morning, um, I'll uh, start out by giving the beginning code. And then right after the beginning code, I will give, uh, um, call out some door prizes. So this morning's beginning code is C for cat. Three, 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 Q. C for cat, three, 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 Q. Okay. Um, when I, if I call your name for a door prize, either yell loud if you're in the room or if you're in Zoom, raise your hand. And we'll try to be careful and catch you in Zoom. I know... Uh, one, don't want to make we want to make sure we don't miss anyone. The first name is Michael J. Costantini. He's here, Artis. Okay, great, super, super. I'll mark him that he's here, and we'll do one more. Dion Williams or Dion Williams. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Dion Williams, are you here? Not here. Not here. Okay. Then we have Yolanda Fields. 
She's here. Got to yell louder than that. Yolanda's here. Okay, great. Well, we got our two winners. Congratulations. Seems like it's easier um, um, this year. We're getting more people who don't have to call 100 times, so that's great. Okay. Our first session um, this morning is going to be um, how to handle on-site business um, using low-tech technology. Sometimes you get a location that has really high security and they won't even let you take your cell phone in there. So Scott is going to delve into that topic. And anyone else that has had that experience, feel free to chime in. Yes. I, um, Artis, I did also ask... Um, my my friend from Texas to join us this morning is is Jerry. I am here. Hey, there I'm he here, is. Scott. Good morning, Jerry. <laughs> Good to have Good you with us again. So um, yes, yeah, so, glad to be here. Yes. So Jerry, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone, and and we'll talk a little bit about this topic. Hi, I'm Jerry House. I'm a member of the uh, Electricity of Managers in Texas. Um, been in the Randolph Shepherd program in Texas since 1987. Um, I'm currently assigned to the uh, Brooks Army Medical Center New Tower Vending, and um, I've spent most of my time in the program uh, doing one type of uh, vending machine operation or another. All right, and uh, my name is Scott Egan, president of RSVA. Uh, my business is in Minnesota, and I do have uh, a couple of prisons, which um, certainly are a challenge in themselves because, it, as this article talks about low-tech, um, I, I know at one point when I took over at my first prison, I didn't even have a computer. I literally had to call in orders on the phone, and that was like <laughs> flying backwards 20 years. It was really odd, but uh, they finally did manage to run me a line into my storeroom. I do have a computer in there now, and that's made a big difference. But um, um, Jerry, talk a little bit about what you were telling me a little bit yesterday after the conference. You were talking to me about... Um, oh, uh, sure. Sir, this, um, might, this might fit in, and it may and may not fit into areas, but uh, you were talking about um, uh, uh, pay range. So if you, yeah, talk a little bit range. about pay range. So um, I was introduced to pay range by another uh, manager here in Texas probably two and a half years ago. Um, right now, I think they're trying to get into amusement machines as well, but they do uh, laundry equipment and um, uh, vending equipment. So if your vending equipment is new enough to have a, to have a, a, a credit card reader, but maybe you don't, you can't afford the, or you justify the expense of buying a credit card reader. Uh, these, these pay range devices are, you know, much more affordable at about 25 bucks. And, um, basically you, uh, it's, it's Bluetooth operated from the smartphone, and and basically you you load some money onto your account, and then you use your smartphone to 
um, fund the machine, then you, you know, make your selection. And uh, so as an operator, you know, I've got it on every single machine that I have. And now and then I'll run a promotion because uh, my credit card uh, transactions cost me about uh, five and a half percent, whereas these only cost a little bit less than three percent. So, you know, I prefer to put more money in my pocket. Uh, so it's called pay range. You can find them online. Um, I don't work for them, but you know, it's, it's just another way we, we want to make it all we can. And it's just another way that somebody, you know, might be able to use your machine. And, and I find that it has helped in, uh, the slower machines that they have no way of paying besides just cash. Right, exactly. And, and time has kind of moved slightly by pay range. I know I was looking at doing it, and then uh, I know in my situation we jumped into the card readers, and I was all about that. But pay range is a, a good alternative. It might be in some places where um, your credit card thing, you're not sure about it. It's a, a cheap way, easy way to install something on your machine. And if, if I remember right, it just goes in your... Uh, line in your uh, between your validator and CoinMaker or something like that, and it's able to. Right, right. And if you have if you have a credit card reader, it'll go between the credit card reader and the and the CoinMaker. Um, it's step by step walks you through it. The, the, the customer support is. So I've had trouble with um, both of the pe uh, credit card companies I've used as far as customer support goes, but PayRange, uh, their their customer support is excellent. They pay the same as a credit card does. Um, you know, one day, I you know, once a week you get paid. But they do have ways that you can link your account so you can get paid more often than that if, if you need to. Once a week is fine with me. Uh, Scott, I did want to mention. I don't know if you knew this or not, but I was the first manager in Texas to be assigned to prison vending. No, I did not know that. Yep, that, I was the first manager. That was in 2001, I believe. And um, that was a different, that a different, um, a <laughs> it requires whole different a, world. It requires a different skill set to be working in a prison, for sure. It absolutely does. So, you know, they still have the same system in place now that they had then here in Texas, which is, you know, the, the, the visitor can bring in money, but... Um, not cash, only coins, hmm. and um, a certain amount, and there's no other way to pay. And uh, the, the way the way that we handled that um, at my big prison is I put a uh, bill changer at the front. Um, I, I set it to take ones, fives, tens, and twenties, and I filled it full of dollar coins. And you know, that's a low-tech way of handling it, but it sure, it sure did the job. Yeah, perfect, perfect. So, thank you. Um, so with the couple minutes we have left, certainly if we have anybody in the audience who is um, like me in, in my situation at a prison or somewhere that's um, uh, low-tech, you can't really have card readers, any suggestions on some things you've done that maybe helped yourself out or anything like that? Could maybe get somebody to run a mic if there's somebody out in the audience. How do you, um, so you cannot order or anything from your 
When you're at the location, you have to make sure you're outside before you can get uh, online. For Texas, you can't. You cannot have a cell phone. <laughs> you cannot have a cell phone in the prison. No. Yeah, you, you can't. You, you you can take a screwdriver in as long as you, you <laughs> declare it at the at the desk, and you know they see it when you go in. They see it when you come back out. But other than that, you know you you're you're not going to get very much stuff in the prison at Texas in Texas. So it, it's a different world. Okay, I got one right in front of me here. Hi, Jerry. Mike Colburn. the 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 one you, the thing you were talking about pay what pay range? Do you need an app? For pay that? range? Uh huh. Is it? Do you need an app? Yeah, you get an app. So is you, it? Is you it? You download an app? an app onto your phone. Yeah. I'm sorry. So you download an app onto your phone. You've got two apps, really. You've got the uh, you know the vendor app, which is we use. And then the customer has an app that they download onto their phone. And um, let's say I've got four machines in an area. I have a picture of that machine. And um, whenever you have, you touch that picture, or the way I do it is I just double tap on the, on the name. Uh, and it'll tell you, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll fund that machine. And let's say you've got $24 in your account. I'll put $24 on that machine. You make a purchase and then, you know, it, it, the, you would, if you wanted to buy something else, you would have to fund that machine again. But you don't use it at the, at a, you couldn't use it as a prison, is what I was wondering, because we got a lot of prison vendors that that would be revolutionary. You, you could use it at the prison so long as people are allowed to bring in their phone. Right, right. Okay, any other, any other folks? I got the microphone, so if there's somebody that wanted to address this, Shut, okay, I got somebody up in the corner. I'm coming. Keep your hand up. Keep letting me know where you are. Okay. Here we go. Aloha. Good morning. Ronald Flormata from Hawaii. All right. I, I, I operated a vending uh, facility inside... Uh, a military facility, and it's a skiff. Uh, as you know, skiff, sensitive compartmented information facility. Hush, hush. You cannot bring anything, no cell phone, no nothing, no memory chips. But I still have to do the, uh, operate the store. So 60% uh, of my sale is through credit card. Credit card without internet it can be done using the pabx so i was able to accept credit card using the local line in the building uh, you just have to uh, program it to dial a prefix nine comma and then the number and i was able to operate okay it's just slow with the uh, internet, it takes you one to two seconds to do a transaction. With uh, landline analog, about 20, 25 seconds. So they have to wait, fall in line. They're hungry, so they'll wait. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right, thank you. Anybody else? 
It's an interesting subject, and it's, it's kind of backwards to the way we think right now, but certainly there are ways around, and as new opportunities come open, we may need alternate solutions. So. so how do you handle it when you're bringing products in, if you're by yourself, and um, you'd have to have some way of knowing what, you know, some of the items that look similar, Somebody over because you can be able to have a barcode reader with you. Okay. Oh, okay. Got a question over here. Well, it's not very much a question, but um, it's Max from California, and I've been running the men's and women's prisons in Chino for since 1999. And, um, you know, we've gone through levels of you can bring in $25 per kid and $50 per adult to now $75. And it just, per adult, and it just never seems to be enough for them to... Um, to get what they need, especially with the inflation and what the cost of food is right now and gas and all that and what we're paying the employees. And so uh, we put a proposal together to the California Department of Corrections to go away from cash and uh, go to the just the credit debit system. And they always had fears that, you know, um, the inmates were going to get the credit cards and go crazy and <laughs> spending all kinds of money buying all kinds of things. But, you know, these days... You don't need to have the physical credit card with you. You could, as long as you know the number, and um, there's some very smart inmates. They'll memorize that number in minutes, and they have access to computers and phones, and they go, you know, they can do things. So it's they they have to really get away from that fear and let the cash is probably a bigger problem. As long as they're bringing cash into the prisons, it can be it can be hidden with larger bills, and and it creates a bigger problem in there. And with COVID, you know, the officers have to count the money and hand it back. If people just came in with a debit card and um, in and out, but their argument to me was that there's a lot of people that are still unbanked. But we can put a, you know, a card system in that they could purchase this card as well that, that would work on a debit system, like a gift card in the lobby. And um, we're, we're reintroducing, we're re-talking and, and introducing this concept to California Department of Corrections again, and it seems to be coming out very, you know, more favorably now. Um, they're they're actually, um, you know, um, they're actually entertaining the thought. So hopefully we can get that going like that. I don't know if any other states have credit debit going on in their prisons, but um, we should do that. Uh, I mean, we should we should talk if they do. When um, about. Ten years ago, I started a prison focus group, and we would meet once a month, the, the prison vendors in California, and we would discuss practices and, and, you know, what we thought would be helpful and products. And it would be great if we did that nationally, if, you know, uh, maybe once uh, a quarter at least we had a phone call with just the prison vendors and uh, helped um, each other with ideas on products and, and, and practices that work. So um, maybe that's something that... that we could put together for uh, in the future. Thanks. Thank you. That is certainly something we can explore in the future. I know in my business, I'm still using script and tokens. And um, yeah, the electronic thing would be amazing. Sundials, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for um, your thoughts. Yeah, that's really uh, helpful. Our next panel, or our next woman, is going to talk about what are the benefits of adding Keurig Dr. Pepper um, to your operation? And with us, we have Haley Cedarberg from Keurig Dr. Pepper. 
Harvest, this is Kevin Williams. Yes. I had a question. Uh, did the gentleman say he have uh, and he uh, he's his uh, dollar coins in his prison that he uh, managed? Yes. Uh, I have a I have a prison here in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, we have a debitex system, and uh, there's no cash allowed into the prison uh, by uh, visitors or employees at all, even though they are uh, getting it in some kind of way. But uh, we have a debitex system here, and uh, it's beginning to become obsolete, and uh, they're transitioning over to uh, microtronics, which is somewhat similar to the same thing, but it's a little bit different, and the parts are easier to come by. Uh, the microtronics are, and um, when the uh, uh, employees or visitors come into the uh, prison, uh, if they have any cash, they are purchase a card uh, out of the the system that have a little kiosk dispenser and they purchase the card and they put the cash on that card and then they're able to go into the uh, visitation room or to the other vending machines and they use this card by purchasing items out of the vending machine through this card and everything that they put on that card is on that card and it gives a balance of how much they have left to spend and as well as how much they put on the car and if they choose to get a a uh, a receipt they can get a receipt showing uh, how much that they put on that car as well but uh, that gentleman in, in California uh, he may want to uh, look into that system but the prison here in uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, no one is allowed to bring any cash into the, uh, the prison at all. That's all I want to say. Thanks. So for that um, system that's controlled by the prison, they have that, you know, they're able to detect how much the prisoners spend that way? Um, no, the system is uh, uh, is is uh, controlled by the manager. Um, anytime uh, uh, a visitor come in to uh, the visiting of uh, an uh, inmate. Uh, they put the cash the amount of cash have amount they want to spend on that card, and they are the only one who's able to purchase for the inmate uh, when they come there to visit. Absolutely. They the only ones who can make that purchase. The prison doesn't control the the okay. man. As of right now, since the COVID has hit, um, most all of the, uh, uh, well, at my location, visitation has uh, stopped. Uh, some of the other prisons around the state of Tennessee, uh, visitation have started back up. It's just my location at right now has not. But when it does, that would be one of the, uh, the ways that would go back to the, uh, the uh, microtronic. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Appreciate that. Thank you. Artis, I, yes. I did manage to find um, out some information here. Unfortunately, Haley has COVID. So oh, no. she will not be with us. However, I do have a replacement and I'd like to 
have him introduce himself and tell us a little more about Dr. Pepper. So, Great. Good morning, everyone. My name is Michael Wilder. I'm with Keurig Dr. Pepper, and I'm here to tell you a little bit about our, a little bit about our company. So who are we? We are the eighth largest food and beverage company in the United States. We have over 27,000 employees. Uh, we were the first company to bring hot and cold beverage together at size. Uh, we have more than 126 owned, allied, licensed, and partnered brands in our portfolio. And many of those are leaders in their category. Uh, we have over 150 warehouses and distribution centers in the United States, and that's growing every year. And then our, our team here today focuses on the uh, cold beverage side of the company with a primary focus on on-premise accounts with vending being a big part of that. So why are we here? Uh, we are here to get to know the RSA program, the committee, and of course all of its members. Uh, when Scott offered us the opportunity, we jumped at it. Uh, we'd like to raise awareness for our company and of course the brands that will help grow your company and your business. Uh, so what do we offer? We offer a widespread portfolio of ready-to-drink uh, cold beverages for vending and micro-markets alike. Uh, a few of the examples would be Dr. Pepper, 7-Up, Canada Dry, Sunkist, A&W, Sundrop, Squirt, Snapple, Buy, Core Hydration, Polar Seltzer, and many energy drinks, including our recent partnership this year, C4 Energy. Uh, some of the products are only available in certain markets. And then if you'd like a product catalog or to talk more about these items, come see us. We'd be happy to email information to you, talk to you in person, hook you up with a local rep. Just come see us at our booth. Thank you. If I could get you to hang tight just for a minute here, Mike, we kind of put you on the spot. But um, uh, first, I do want to say your company has been fantastic for me personally to work with. Uh, you guys have really, since the day I came into my new facility at the college, you guys have really opened your arms to me and said, how can we help you? And it's been fantastic. So with that, I'd like to present you something. With that, I have a plaque here from the Randolph Shepherd Vendors of America. Uh, for special recognition for the Carrick Dr. Pepper Company. Uh, they are an RSVA Zebra sponsor. And uh, with our due appreciation, thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Be sure to check with them when you're at their show this afternoon. So, there we go. Thank you, artists. Okay. Our, our next panel is going to be how federal and state buildings have adapted to change. And we have several panel members. Um, most of them are in person, but we have, I think, at least one that's virtual. Uh, first one is... Uh, 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 James Hull, and he's from Michigan, and then um, um, he's from the Michigan program, and then uh, we have uh, Benjamin Plotch, he's also from Michigan, he's the Michigan chair, 
and uh, those two are in person. And we have Patrick Martin, he's from Florida, he's there in person. One more. Um, now we have Karen Blachowicz from New York, and she's going to be joining virtually. So thank you, guys. All right. Good morning, everybody. Um, we're here. We wanted to talk about a problem that we all have been facing, uh, and it is directly related to the building populations. Uh, the slow return of federal employees, and in some cases, the no return of state employees. So in Michigan, we had a significant challenge with that because at the initial outset of the pandemic, every single state employee was sent home. And then we've only had about 20% of our building populations return. So because we operated about 17 different snack bars and cafeterias, that was 17 licensees who didn't have enough of a building population to be able to generate an income. So we had to think creatively about how it was that we were going to reorganize our facilities and reorganize uh, the um, offerings that we were providing from those facilities to be able to generate an income for these licensees. So we worked with our elected operators committee and um, our primary focus was shifting from the manned operations of snack bars and cafeterias into a micro market offering where we could combine several micro markets together and create one solid job for a licensee. You know, and micromarkets have been around for a while, everybody is familiar with them, but if you're not using them in your business, even if you have a manned operation, you're really missing out. Because that was one of the other parts that we built in to allow us to continue to provide the variety of services that that small building population was looking for. You know, when you just put in vending machines, all they have are the offerings available from just those vending machines, the products you can fit into the machine. If you just put in a micro market, you can expand those offerings. You can provide more fresh sandwiches and salads, things like that. But you may not be able to provide any sort of hot foods or things that your customers might be looking for. So we developed what we call the hybrid approach where we were tracking the building populations every single day to see when we had the most people in those locations. And then we would be preparing food out of one central location and Ben, who's with me, is going to talk about that because he operated a cafeteria where he'll prepare the food and then deliver it out to the different micro markets to be able to provide those hot foods on the days that the building populations would warrant that. You know, so by doing that, we were able to still provide a variety of products and services to our customers you know, and capture as high a percentage of that reduced population as we could. One of the other things that we really focused on uh, as we converted to micro markets was eliminating competition from ourselves in those micro markets. So before the pandemic, we would have a snack bar that would have several vending machines located throughout the building as well. You know, that was to help us capture the business on the hours that the snack bar might be closed. Whenever we placed a micro market into a facility, we immediately removed the vending machines as well. This drove the customers into the micro market where we had the expanded menu offerings 
And you guys all know, you know, it's the impulse buys that can help drive your business as well. So by getting people into the micro market and seeing the different variety of products, we actually were able to increase our ticket uh, from what we were getting just out of the vending by forcing them into that micro market. So as we reviewed our vending locations that were tied to these different micro markets now in separate buildings, we started looking at how can we expand our offerings in those places. In Michigan, we currently lease all of our vending machines, so we're very selective on where we are placing them to make sure that we're getting the return of investment for that lease. When we started doing the price comparison, we realized that we could lease the micromarket kiosk, purchase a cooler, and set out a rack, a display rack for chips and candy and such for half the price and offer a greater variety of products to our customers. So we're just starting to roll out those mini micro markets uh, in the next month. So hopefully next year I'll be able to report on how great the sales are going with all of those. So those are just a couple of the things that we really focused on to capture as much of the population in our buildings as we could while we're waiting for the full return. I'm gonna let Ben talk a little bit more specifically in his facility about what he's doing. Thanks James. Good morning, everybody. I'm uh, Ben Plock. I have a cafeteria down in the state capitol complex. Uh, Pre-pandemic, we had, at given time, as many as 12 facilities downtown that were offering some type of hot food. Um, currently, we have only three operations that are actually making hot food and going out to various facilities. So in my case, with a, uh, with a full cafeteria, um, we had actually tested the waters with this uh, a little bit. Before the pandemic, we were running a small stand at the State Historical Library and Museum and bringing food over. And that was kind of not knowing, it was kind of a test to the hybrid that we're doing now. Um, so now we will, um, in my case, I'm very lucky because I, there's a underground uh, parking system that allows uh, four other buildings to access, uh, you know, where I am and stuff. So we uh, we uh, hybrid uh, one of those buildings that had had a pretty lucrative snack bar in it, um, cafe, and I uh, take over a variety of hot breakfast and lunch items. Um, we prep all our sandwiches and salads every day. We take that over. Um, you know, I, I monitor the inventory over there. Um, so we've it's it's worked pretty well for us. It's also um, uh, we have a lot of customers in that building also come over and utilize the cafeteria because we do still have a made-to-order grill for breakfast and lunch and that sort of thing. Um, so it's been it's been working really well for us. Um, we actually. Uh, uh, Zach Eagle is with me, who's my vice chair. He is also one that's uh, running multiple facilities as well, uh, vending and uh, a micro market. And he actually started uh, his micro market the fall before we came back. So that would have been in uh, 21. Um, so he kind of got familiar. And we, we're uh, utilizing three different uh, self-check kiosks right now. We've, we've got a, a credit only, um, which actually the... Uh, the uh, BEP is actually leasing that for us. And then we have one that actually will do cash and credit, um, cash in only. 
And then our third one that we have will actually do cash credit and dispense change. Uh, and Larry, actually, that uh, we are actually uh, leasing our uh, self-check kiosk. We'll be at the show uh, this afternoon. So I know he'd love to meet everybody. Um, but it's, it's given us a little bit of... Um, you know, um, depending on the type of facility, like Zach is using uh, in his main facility a machine that does cash and credit and cash out. So, um, you know, there's different different things going on there. But it's changed the whole way we do a lot of things, as a lot of you know. Um, owning a cafeteria pre-pandemic, uh, when we would have a day where it was really cold, rainy, um, in the winter time, when it was a really bad weather day, you knew you had a captive audience. Folks were not going to go out. They're not going to go downtown. And now we're seeing where if it's a bad weather day, people will say, well, you know, I'm on a flex schedule. I'm going to go ahead and take this as a telecommute day from home and wait and come in and work on a day when the weather is nicer. So we've kind of lost that. Um, same way with our catering. You know, there's much more catering. Um, done, uh, you know, by Microsoft Teams or, or, you know, that sort of thing. So we're seeing the, the in-person meetings, um, you know, we're going strictly to like individually box lunches where, you know, you used to maybe get self-serve items or a buffet type thing. So we've had to learn to be a little more creative and um, kind of maybe market ourselves even a little bit harder with catering than we used to do. Um, I've gotten to the point now, too, where I've gone beyond catering. I've also um, gone to where, hey, well, if you're planning a party or a potluck in the building, is there, you know, here's some services that we could we could offer too, you know, to help you. Um, it's less stuff that you have to transfer into the building. Um, you know, I have a 200 seat dining room. Um, at times, um, I've even encouraged when they've had, um, say, fundraisers and things in their office um, to get involved, you know, and um, to try to kind of, you know, if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. And, um, and it's usually always a good cause for whatever they're doing. So we get very involved that way. But, um, but it's worked very well for us. Um, it's just as James said, we've we've had to recreate ourselves. Um, we've had to learn to maximize uh, with the numbers that we've had. But um, we we're we're encouraged. You know, we've now see in my uh, complex, we've I've seen in the last couple months a lot of new state hires. Um, and they've been doing a really good job of bringing them down, introducing them to the facility. I've been able to, you know, smooth with them a little bit, you know, give them all the information and try to get to know everybody and stuff. So I'm hoping and encouraged that, uh, you know, we'll see things uh, keep rising as we go. So I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Oh. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, one more thing, too. So we, yes. So when I, pre-pandemic, um, I would staff seven employees um, with me. Um, plus, I also had an employee and a part-time employee manning the facility over at the library museum. So, yes, we've been able to um, shrink those numbers down. So, which is, as everybody knows, if you all of a sudden are doing 40% sales of what you were doing, you know, three years ago, obviously your costs have to reflect that as well. So, yeah, like I'm now working with like three employees. You know, I have one self-check kiosk and then I also man a register myself. So I'm, you know, I'm literally my, my front man, you know, for my business and, you know, doing the PR and the meet and greets and all that type of thing. But the way this works though, you know, I'm, I'm able to have 
you know, three different vending locations, a hybrid micro market, plus the cafeteria, and I'm doing it with just three employees and myself. So, you know, that, that definitely helps when you learn to, uh, you know, balance and calculate your cost, you know, based on, you know, what you're doing. So, thank you. I, I forgot one panel member too. Um, Bernie Kassirian from uh, Florida is also on this panel. <laughs> Thank you, artists. Actually, I'm Bernie Kassarian. I'm with the Florida program. I'm a business consultant based out of Jacksonville. Uh, we've had the same problems in Florida like the rest of the country. Um, although things in city, county, uh, and state came back a lot faster than I hear from my peers, we've had the same problems, though, on the federal side. But just some numbers for you. In 2019, our sales in Florida were just under $24 million. And last year in 2022, we were at $22.5 million. So sales have almost come back. Uh, most important number is net profit to vendors was only down $100,000 from $9.4 million to $9.3. So the vendors are doing a great job getting the sales back. We have uh, currently 139 facilities and 108 vendors in Florida. One thing that I think helped us about six, eight years ago, we dedicated a staff position to marketing, which allowed one person in the state to take the lead on looking into leads and also pursuing options that we haven't really looked at in the past. Uh, state parks, for instance, which were a priority for us, but we never really looked into. We've also uh, gone harder on city and counties uh, our State Department of Transportation, where we don't have a priority, and public airports. Uh, there's a disadvantaged business enterprise designation to the federal government, which a couple of our vendors have taken advantage of and been able to get vending machines in the common spaces in the uh, public airports. We, uh, some of the numbers on machines, like I say, COVID hit everybody, but really with this marketing position, we were able to place 140 vending machines in our fiscal year 21-22. And this year, in our fiscal year 22-23, we're at 115 machines, and I think that come June 30th, we'll have beaten last year's numbers. So Florida's open for business, and we're moving forward. And, and a lot of that has been similar to, to you, going into uh, micro-markets, converting our uh, food service, and Patrick Martin is one of our vendors in Tallahassee. He uh, has a micro market up there, and I'll let him explain a little bit more. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. How's everyone today? Good morning. <clears throat> so I, I currently operate two micro markets and a small vending route in Tallahassee, Florida. And one of our largest challenges was fresh food. One thing we're trying to avoid is labor and also carrying a large inventory, especially on perishable items. What we did is we located, we've been researching, we finally found a good company and it's called uh, Deliver Lean Grab and Go. They're Florida based. But one of the problems we had is they had a, a, a high minimum order. So we have uh, approximately six micro markets in Tallahassee. And with that, we worked together between four different operators and we'll go ahead and order large orders for our orders for all six market markets have it delivered to one location and then we distribute it out we're currently running about a 60 percent food cost on those items but we incur no labor 
and were able to order small amounts like six sandwiches of roast beef, 10 sandwiches or 12 sandwiches, I'm sorry, of turkey sandwiches, turkey clubs. But we, don't, we can carry a large product uh, uh, variety, but we're not in holding on to the inventory to do production. We're not incurring that labor. So with that, uh, we're able to offer the good products and the quality food, and that brings people into our location, and then we make our money on selling the chips and the candy and, and the snacks and so forth. Uh, so far, it's turned out pretty well. One of the advantages of the micromarkets uh, is if you also have vending, you can then carry a larger product line to, to put into your machines, and that's offering a larger variety to your customers in your um, vending machines. Now, at the location that I have in uh, Southwood, there's 10 different state agencies, and I have 6,000 uh, state employees there. With that, there's two different operators, myself and another operator that has uh, uh, around 30 vending machines. Well, we're worried about the competition between having two operators in the same program uh, with each other. Well, the one thing we did is we worked together on pricing, number one. But number two, uh, with the micromarket, I can carry items that aren't in vending machines. So then I can kind of leave a lot of the candy and the chips to the operator with the vending machines, but I'm still offering a larger variety of products in different sizes over at the micromarket. So, uh, the moral to the story is if you work together, everyone can do a good business and earn a living. And I think that's what we've done is we've uh, turned uh, uh, a lot of different products around in a different way in order to do it. Now, in the second micromarket, it's our first attempt at going cashless. And it's a micromarket that's about a third of the size of the one that's in Southwood. And the numbers are almost identical and that one's running cashless. So we're all concerned about whether or not you have to offer cash. And right now, it's only been open since uh, just after Thanksgiving, but the numbers are identical. So it seems, at least in the Tallahassee area, that the cash aspect is not as big of a concern as we thought. Um, and so far, as Bernie said, uh, a lot of our state agencies have been bringing the people back, and we've also had a lot of the agencies uh, right before the holidays do a, a large hiring. And in the Tallahassee area, uh, we're doing pretty well with having building populations back to almost pre-pandemic. Um, with that, uh, I'm, that's all I have to say on that, and if there's any questions, I guess. I think, artists, we have one more presenter on, on virtual. Yeah, uh, Karen Blotchwish from New York. Um, is she on? Yeah, she's here. Karen, you need to unmute yourself. Hi, everybody. Um, so sorry I couldn't be there in person, um, but thank you for having me. Uh, so today we're talking about the changes and what we need to do. Um, you know, COVID did definitely change the whole world and people are now at the phase of reinventing themselves and figuring out what they want to do. Um, as far as the federal properties here in New York, um, you know, there, there was a, a lot of devastation. You know, they're just not coming back. Um, so what we've really had to do in this program is look at the priority and what 
you know, rights blind vendors do have and seek out opportunities that we, in the past, have um, kind of left where they were without uh, pushing the priority. Um, New York did um, push the priority with, we, we have priority on all state property and, and we moved into Department of Corrections. Um, which is the first time in New York ever, but that created 44 new facilities. Um, we're still in the process of getting everything up and running, but it really did happen relatively fast. As far as our managers that are in federal buildings, what we're finding is that the recreation of um, having the ad vending and the possibility of micro markets is, is there. Um, Unfortunately, the shortages of equipment has, has really become an issue and um, not getting things quite as fast as we need to. Um, but I'm sure everybody around the country is feeling that same uh, challenge. Um, many of the state locations, the stores had to shut down. We just know that they're never going to bring people back the way it was. So, you know, the recreation is by far more vending uh, machines opposed to over-the-counter sales. Um, most I, cafeterias, of course, have had challenges. And one of the other gentlemen, I think one from Florida, was saying the concept of, of making food and the amount of waste, you know, that that's just not... Um, something we're able to do at this time. So more of the prepackaged and uh, pre-ordered items are, are the way people have had to go now. Um, I don't really have a whole lot more to add other than that at this time. Okay, do we have questions from the audience for any of our uh, panel members? Yeah, question for Patrick Martin. So you mentioned, okay, that, good. mentioned that fresh food. This is Randall Crosby in Florida. Uh, on that fresh food that you're buying for your micro market, what is your uh, loss on that as far as past and expiration dates that you, I know it's a group of you doing it. Are you able to track how much all of your throwing out, if anything? Sure, not a problem, Randall. I can help you out with that one. Um, <clears throat> the nice thing about our software POS system is it tells us exactly what we sold the week before, uh, the two weeks before, the month before. And just like normal inventory, you, you go off your item sales report and it's, that's how you order your product. Now, each of the products, uh, a case is six items. So whether it's a fresh uh, yogurt parfait or whether it's a roast beef sandwich, you only have to order six items uh, per case. So you just go buy your product, uh, product item sales and uh, minimize uh, your overages. Now, if you know that you have uh, extra meetings or events or clientele coming in for a week, so you're gonna bump your order uh, up the next week. But right now, when it comes to waste, uh, I have a bad week if I'm throwing out six products uh, at the end of the week. This company, it guarantees its product. Uh, we get it in on Sunday. It's good through Saturday. We're only open Monday through Friday. Um, if a customer comes to me and says, hey, I have this, uh, I bought this salad and the lettuce is brown, 
They don't bill us until the following week. We call in and say, hey, I have three lettuces that went, salads that went bad. They credit us before we even pay the bill. So it all depends on how efficient you are on, uh, on running your operations on whether or not you have waste. Me personally, uh, again, if I have uh, six or seven items it's, that didn't sell, that's, not, that's, a, you know, that's on me. But if you run your, your business efficiently, you shouldn't have very much waste at all. Uh, again, the one thing that we're doing is uh, you're not making most of your money on fresh food. So what you're doing with the fresh food is you're, you're bringing it in to bring people in so that they buy the ancillary items. So I don't mind running a 60% food cost on my fresh food items, which I dedicate a, a, a complete refrigerator itself to oh, fresh oh, food. Um, and with that, I, I don't have any labor whatsoever except for labor that we share, and that, that is to receive the order and then distribute it to the other micromarkets. Mike Colburn and ABM. Uh, Patrick and Ben, I love the fact that you guys know your numbers. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. So you guys have a great grasp, and that's great to see. And Ben, I had a question for you. Did you ever think of replacing the cashiers with uh, kiosks? Uh, yeah, Mike. So currently, right now, yeah, pre-pandemic, I had, I had two, um, two cashiers, um, and then I had a third express register that I would break out when it was really busy. Currently, right now, I do not have actually an employed cashier. Um, like in the cafeteria right now, um, I have one self-check uh, credit card only kiosk, and then I have a square register that I um, that I run. Um, and then right now, I have a, a kitchen manager who's uh, actually been with the facility for like twenty years. I think I'm like the fourth uh, operator that she's ran it for. Does a great job. I have one full time grill cook, and then I have a prep line person. So actually, I don't have any labor at all uh, wrapped up in the front of the house. Um, it's all related to the uh, food preparation and serving end of it. So, yeah, I've, I've at this time done away with both of my uh, cashier positions. And at some point, if my numbers go any higher, um, I am seeing like a time crunch for me. Um, obviously, if I'm my front of the house, I'm not getting anything, you know, uh, as far as the, as the owner of the business, I'm not getting anything done during the day paperwork wise. So sometimes I do feel a little bit of a strain there, but I'm not quite ready to raise my labor costs right now. So um, we're making it work, but actually Zach, um, my fellow uh, operator from Michigan, uh, who's much more familiar with our uh, systems, um, I'm working on getting to where I'm, I'm gonna make it easier to be away from the register. You know, We're gonna look at a, a cash in uh, option as well to where we can just have two, check, you know, two self checkouts, uh, and I won't have to be out there all the time. So, uh, still a work in progress. If I can add a little bit to that, also, um, anytime you can eliminate a cashier, obviously you're saving on labor. The POS company that where I'm currently using is called three, uh, Thirty Two Marketplace or Three Squared Marketplace, and they have the ability to use one of their kiosks 
to then also implement that for food service so that you ring up at the kiosk and the ticket prints up in the back of the house either to a uh, kitchen display monitor or uh, a printed ticket. And with that, you can either order on the app or through a kiosk. There's a, another company out there that I'm just starting to research that's called Hunger Rush. And this is very intriguing to me because with kiosks, you have a kiosk fee that you pay every month, uh, whether it's a percentage of sales that maxes out. I, I believe we're paying uh, maxes out at $149 uh, per month per kiosk. And then, of course, the credit card processing fee. But uh, Hunger Rush, which I'm just starting to look into now, uh, they go without a kiosk, and it's strictly app ordering, and you can order from uh, individual smartphones. So instead of the kiosk, each individual customer would be using their own smartphone. And I'm, I'm just starting to get through the logistics on it, but right now it's looking pretty promising. And anytime you can el eliminate equipment that you have to purchase and or uh, fees that you end up paying every month, it's definitely beneficial for your business. So uh, as, as I get more information, do a little more research, uh, I'll make sure that I, I share with artists and, and Randall and Scott Egan, and maybe we can disseminate that information to everyone. Do we have any other questions or comments on this topic? Yeah, we have somebody in the room. Hi, my name is Joshua Kimry from Florida as well. Uh, what is the accessibility um, for totally blind operators with these kiosk systems? And if being as we're such a small portion of the market, wouldn't it behoove us to kind of maybe find a company and stick with and maybe see if we can, you know, coax them into to helping us find an a, accessibility option so that totally blind vendors could be more involved in the, uh, the whole back of the house process? Sure, I don't mind actually fielding this question. We're working on that with Three Square right now. They've actually brought one of our operators, his name is Colton Knight, on the, to their development team. Uh, they are working on two different levels of accessibility, one for total blind and also one for uh, partial blinds. And uh, Colton Knight, They've just rolled out their, uh, what they call their V3, which is their, their newest version of their software. And Colton now has full accessibility, and he's, he's a total blind. Uh, he has full accessibility to enter his new uh, products in, to change prices, and he has absolutely no problems. He can pull all reporting and go through everything. So, so far, it's, it, they're working and developing catered on our needs. So, so far, it's, it's really been a good work in progress. Uh, currently, their new version for low vision, I'm, very, I'm not that pleased with what's going on with how I can see their website uh, for working the back of the house. However, they're right now addressing the issue of being able to add dark mode to that, and that's something that should actually be active within the next 30 days. So when it comes to accessibility, Three Square is, is actually working with us uh, very closely to make it 100% accessible. Um, not all other companies are doing that for us, but uh, at least Three Square it is. And then uh, in Michigan, we're using, uh, working with a company called Digital Checkouts. And all of their back-of-the-house software actually links in through 
the Microsoft Office Suite, Microsoft Excel. So you download and upload your information through that, making it completely accessible for the vendor. Um, so th they have the complete access in the, to the back of the house. To shop the location is still a little bit of a challenge for a blind individual, you know, using the kiosk as a customer, but at least for the operator on the back of the house, they have the full access. This is Chris Ingram with Three Square Market. Uh, Patrick, first of all, uh, uh, you know Andy Whitehead very well. He works with Three Square Market. He said a lot of great things about you as an operator and your skill level in the kiosk. Uh, one thing I want to talk about on the accessibility side, however, is the kiosk accessibility itself. Uh, I, we've been working to make that where a blind person independently can walk up to the kiosk and check themselves out with no help from a sighted individual. It took a lot of work because they're using Windows Narrator. And what I worked on with the developers was let's make Windows Narrator feel just like VoiceOver. That way if you're texting with somebody on your iPhone, you can easily go up to the kiosk and check yourself out with no, no issues and be able to have a seamless, uh, seamless transition. Uh, on the back end, uh, Colton I think has been very helpful. He's probably one of the smartest guys I've ever met when it comes to accessibility. So, so having his knowledge in that I think is is invaluable. Uh, my first step with Three Square was to take and have them work, uh, work and make it as seamless as possible to start getting into the reports. Uh, once we have that, uh, as Colton will tell you, uh, now you can start adding your own products. Uh, the other area that I think that Three Square does a lot better than uh, a lot of other uh, companies is not only did we care about accessibility, and, and Patrick, you can, uh, you can attest to this. Uh, we built support and training around the blind individual. Uh, it's not just about accessibility. You need to have the entire ecosystem to help that blind individual be successful as possible. So I just wanted to just add a few things to that. Hey, well, thank you very much uh, for all of you sharing your experiences. Uh, it's really helpful. And that's the disappointing thing about not being there in person because it's nice to network sometimes with people afterwards to get more information. But thank you all. And Our the, next topic. To the gentleman from Florida, just, uh, just, to, just to go backwards, we did bring a group, uh, NABM brought a group out to River Falls in I think 2017, and that's when this all really got kick-started. So that, that has been done. That's why they are where they are. Okay. Our next topic is recent changes in touch screens, um, cashless, and telemetry. And we have um, two speakers for this panel, uh, Frances Skyvara, and she's from Parlevo. And she is there in person. And the second one is Eileen Galling, and she's from uh, Cantaloupe, and also Randy Parker is from Cantaloupe, and all of them are in person. So we welcome them to tell us what's up now. Good morning. Good morning. Microphone check. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Let's do this. Randy Parker with Cantaloupe. I appreciate the opportunity of being here. It's definitely been great, not only hearing the stories, but 
Not and of course, getting you know to know some of you individually as well, and your business. Um, here at Cantaloupe, we have uh, recently acquired, and the ink is of course still drying. But we recently acquired Three Square Markets, and we're starting to learn the real value in the micro market space. Right, so as things change. I'm noticing that in the vending world, it's really hard to kind of captivate the audience and really see exactly what they're buying, right? So reaching out to the same customer, uh, it's really just a person that's walking by and getting what they want. So you don't really have kind of the back-end information of what they've purchased in the past to really build history, possibly reach out to them and get them to come back and rebuy. So the change is really seeing the data on the back end and understanding more about your actual customers. So you can say, hey, Paul, we miss you. We want you back. Uh, you haven't bought your normal Coke and possibly maybe sandwich in over two weeks. So here's a nice little incentive to come back and rebuy. So you're able to actually reach out directly to them via uh, you know, a notification on their phone and that'll help them come back and say, hey, you know, here's a 20% off coupon code, right? And in the micro market space, you're able to actually push um, payment towards payroll. So there's another unique, convenient way that uh, the industry is definitely changing. So as people no longer carry cash, we need to, you know, adjust as well. So I think. This is just a small change that we're seeing and where we're able to start adapting as well. Hi, I'm Aileen Galang. I am the inside sales manager at Cantaloupe. I manage eight um, sales reps and each rep works directly with blind vendors across the country. If you're currently a Cantaloupe customer or are considering it and you don't know who your sales rep is, then please connect with me and I will make sure to get that information to you. Uh, the reason I wanted to come down, I asked to come down because I know that as a sales rep, I worked with a lot of the blind vendors, but I never really understood what that meant. So I wanted to come down just to connect with the blind vendors to find out more about what the program was and what we could possibly do to help um, make your business more successful. We do have, um, I wanted to talk about our new touchscreen device. We have the Engage and the Engage Combo. So I don't know if you've been in touch with your sales um, rep or looked into the new products, but the Engage is the new touchscreen and then the Combo is the one that goes over the bill validator. Um, it's a one piece device. Um, that's our newest products. Thank you. Okay. Hi, guys. This is Frankie from Par Level 365. Um, I am the East Coast sales uh, manager, but I'm also the BEP liaison for my organization, which has grown exponentially in the past year. Um, I've always been very passionate about helping uh, BEP operators be able to, you know, fully run their market. Um, on their own, so I love going to these shows and meeting with customers that I have now as well as connecting with new people and hearing about all the things that you guys need from your technology provider, either for your customer front-facing or for you guys as well. 
Oh, what changes have you seen in, um, in the last year uh, for your uh, touchscreen kiosks and so forth? I think um, participants would really like to know what has made it better for them. So the so our cashless device does have the the speech capability on it for you guys to be able to for a vending machine because we also do vending as well as micro markets. So the the bezel on the kiosk does talk to you. Um, in terms of actually having an accessible a fully accessible kiosk, I'm fully believe in the fact that you need more than just your kiosk to talk to you in order for you to be able to navigate a purchase. So you also need to be able to walk up to a cooler and be able to differentiate between a Coke or a Dr. Pepper, a Doritos or Fritos, those sorts of things. So uh, we partner with some of the already known companies out there in the industry to be able to provide this service, uh, mostly Ira, but we also use Be My Eyes. So I have both of these technologies and markets now that will allow somebody who um, is visually impaired to be able to walk in and fully, per you know, be able to navigate a market completely and not just your uh, checkout. Okay, how about cantaloupe? What have you done uh, recently? Chris, if you don't mind. Go ahead, Chris. I don't mind answering that question. I, I think one of the best things with the cantaloupe purchase at 3Square, and 3Square's developers, uh, they focused on 3Square and they also focused on their they had another company that did prison commissary, which was called Turnkey. So now those developers don't have to split their time uh, with Three Square. Uh, and in three years on the back end, uh, we develop a dashboard that a blind person can use themselves, look at their reports within three minutes, and get on with the day. I, I like to joke when I'm working with a blind individual. I think this is the best dashboard in the world. But you know, your job is to is to sell food. And it's not to, not to look at the dashboard and admire how it is. So that's been the main goal on the three square side. Uh, I've already mentioned on the, on the dashboard for our, not the dashboard, but the kiosk screen for three square. Uh, we're working uh, every month to add updates to the screen to make it even more accessible. Right now, it should feel exactly like your iOS device. Uh, if you find the lower right hand corner of the screen, you double tap, it activates the voice and then you're able to use the same gesture, swipe to the right, swipe to the left, and double tap to activate the option, just like you would on your iPhone. I like those three gestures because they're nice and easy. It's nothing, uh, it's nothing that you have to figure out. Uh, we've taken and looked at the time of training a sighted person versus a, a blind individual to use the screen. Uh, there's virtually no difference in time because you already have that information in your, in your brain. You already have that available. Uh, we're just pulling that out and helping you regurgitate it to another direction. Uh, what I'm excited about is with, with Cantaloupe. I've, I've had very frank conversations with them about areas that need to be updated. And they've, they're, you know, folks, it's, it's been two months now. They're still uh, figuring out uh, what three square looks like and still trying to figure out what Cantaloupe looks like. But what I do know is Cantaloupe loves what three square has done they love that we've uh with massachusetts uh we hit our 23rd state and that's not by accident it's focusing on the blind it's focusing on accessibility and it's focusing on support and the goal is for three square to bring that same uh that, that same culture over the cantaloupe 
and push them forward to accessibility. Uh, that, that comes from help with all blind individuals across the country. Uh, I know the, the blind merchants have been a huge help in that area. And I, I tell every blind individual that uses the product, it's not just the resource product, it's your product as well. So we need your input. What helps that makes this better for you? What are, what's three square doing that just sucks and terrible that you just hate? And uh, I, I think the future is, is bright in my opinion. Thank you. Um, do we have questions from the audience for our panelists? I'd like to ask a question. How about customer service? I know one of the complaints I hear from people is, when they have a problem, they can't always get um, someone to uh, respond immediately and they're losing business while their uh, machine isn't working. Uh, can both of your companies address that issue? Okay, so uh, with PAR Level 365, we do have, so once we have signed the customer, we do have the next stage in, the, in this process, which is customer success. So each operator does get a project manager essentially to help with onboarding and training, making sure we're facilitating the documents, um, getting you set up in the system for sales tax and those types of things. So for the actual supporting side of this, for you know issues that come up when you know your kiosk is down, we do have a number of different ways that you guys can get in touch with us. So we have, of course, our traditional method of uh, calling in or emailing, but we have another method that we use that's quite popular called Slack. So each of our operators do get a Slack channel, which fully works with your um, Apple or Android phone. So whatever speech capabilities you have on your phone will run through that same system for you to be able to, you know, voice to text and whatnot to get in touch with somebody at our support team. Response is usually under a minute, at the very least, just to say, hey, good morning, good afternoon. So that way you know that, you know, your request or your issues is not going into the ether and you're wondering if somebody's calling you back. So you do get addressed fairly quickly um, and they'll help troubleshoot that way. Hi, this is Patrick. I do have a question for Cantaloupe. Um, <clears throat> currently, I have a Type 2 that has uh, 13 vending machines. I would like to use Cashless Plus, but I only have the facility for 12 months, and uh, it seems that it's, it's a longer contract. Uh, so within the BEP programs across all the states, we have a lot of operators that will take on Type 2 locations they're only, they'll only have for 6 to 12 months. But with a 12-month facility, Cashless Plus would be uh, definitely an advantage to be able to use. But if I have to, uh, whether it's a two-year contract, uh, it doesn't make sense because then I, I can't stick the next operator if I only have to give it up after 12 months with uh, using uh, Cashless Plus. So is there something that can be worked out that's uh, a temporary contract for people with Type 2s? Absolutely. Um, I wanted to bring this up as well. If anyone is considering Cashless Plus and you don't have it now, we are offering a two-month free trial. And the contract for Cashless Plus is actually only 12 months. So if you're in that situation where you have a 12-month contract, you're only assigning uh, a 12-month contract for the services uh, to begin with. However, with that said, if you have locations like that where it is a shorter period of time, then get in contact with your sales rep, have them reach out to me about getting that approved for, hey, you're, you only need to commit for, for six months. We can work on that. We want to work directly with you on that. So we are um, very willing to make exceptions, as long as it's 
as long as it's ahead of time and not four months in, oh, it, you know, we weren't aware that this was a short contract, that's where things might get a little Well, what gets Well, what gets a little hairier is my 12-month contract's almost up, and it's going to be extended, but it's on a month-by-month basis. So in other words, if an opportunity comes around to merge one of my facilities with a, another couple of facilities to form a, a, a full type one location that would support an operator, but I, so in other words, I could end up with this facility for another 12 months or three months from now, it might be taken away because it'll be converted into a, a standalone facility with a couple other locations. So uh, again, we're kind of looking at a month to month basis, even though we figure that it'll probably be another six months. Right. Again, uh, to make sure to connect with me. I'm willing to make that type of exception, get that type of approval where we're not going to make you commit for 12 months okay. with that intention. So. Wonderful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to address the customer service issue. Um, I'm, I'm not going to just sugarcoat that as if Cantaloupe has had the best customer service. I know that's been an ongoing issue um, for the three and a half years that I've been there, and I imagine that it's been longer, but I do know that in the three and a half years that I've been there, we have seen improvements. Wait times aren't as long. We've increased our staff significantly. We're focusing on training the staff better so that they're more knowledgeable. Um, There's several different ways you can get in touch with customer service, depending on the issue, email, would create a case, it gets directed to the group that would help you, and then would should be resolved, depending on the issue, uh, within one to two days. There's the 800 number, and then if you don't know who your sales rep is, again, we can do a direct transfer if it's an urgent and you're at the machine right then and there. If we do a direct transfer, you're first in line, there's little wait, you're literally the next call, and we're willing to do that as well. So. Again, if you don't know who your rep is, then, then connect with me and I can get you in touch. Hi, Eileen. This is uh, Colton Knight in Florida. Can you hear me? Hey, Colton. Hi, Colton. Hey. hey I, just, I just want to say to Patrick and Chris, thank you for the kind words. I'm sad I couldn't come in person, but you gentlemen really touched my heart this morning, so thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, Eileen, I had a quick question for you about... Um, uh, cashless plus integration with three square. Um, I've been on bunny proof about it now for a couple of months. I'm probably, uh, should probably get tired of me at this point. Um, do you guys have any news about integrating uh, three square with cashless plus? Cause I already use cashless plus for my vending route. I'd like to use them in my markets and, um, to kind of lump everything together under one software package. Do you guys have any updates on that? Well, I- I know we were working on adding uh, markets to the Cashless Plus portfolio. Uh, It took a little bit of, um, I guess they kind of put it on the side burner for a little bit, but then acquiring three squared markets is putting that up front because that's definitely something we want to do. I don't have a timeline, but I know it's, it's definitely on the radar at this point. I can get back. Uh, What I'll do is I'll get back to you. I'll find out for sure what the timeline is, and I'll I'll let you know. Okay. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Do we have any other questions for our panelists? Yeah. Hold on, Aris. We've got a question. We're trying to run a mic down to somebody. Sure. And while we're waiting, I just want to remind everybody who's uh, virtually 
if you have a question, you don't need to raise your hand. When questions are, are called for, uh, feel free to unmute yourself and politely <laughs> interrupt whoever's talking and, and go ahead and ask your question. Thank you. Morning, uh, Steve from California BP. Have there been any plans to allow integrations with either QuickBooks or other accounting software for Cantaloupe or Three Square? Well, Three Three Square is is relatively new, so I don't I don't know the answer to that personally. That is that's beyond my job as the sales manager. So. I can, Steve, I can get back to you about that. I, I apologize. Uh, one thing that you can do within our Seed Live software or in Seed Cashless Plus is actually export the data into like a CSV file, right? Or some other type of format. And then within QuickBooks, you can actually import that data. And the data typically shows up fairly well. Uh, typically, when I was working over at Intuit, we would do comma delimited, right? So. We, we definitely have that export file, so if you export the file, you can actually get the data directly in there. But a quick integration, not yet. Uh, th this is Ted Drake from Intuit. Um, with QuickBooks, we have a lot of organizations like Cantaloupe and 3Square that don't have a direct uh, import yet, as far as I know. However, there are some applications that are universal uh, connectors. And so these applications would allow you to take like 10 or 15 sources and import them into QuickBooks. We don't make that application. Uh, but if you go to QuickBooks and you look at the App Store, you can find, I, think, I can't remember the name of them, but there are two very highly recommended. And this doesn't just with QuickBooks, it'll also help with your uh, Google Drive sheets, anything like that. It's basically universal connectors. Uh, thank you, panelists, for being there and answering all the questions and we appreciate you um, now i'm going to give you the <clears throat> ending code for this particular session and the ending code is c for cat three one five p as in paul again that ending code is c as in cat three one five the letter P for Paul. Okay, well, we're going to take a break now for 15 minutes and we'll see you back in a little bit. Artists, can I jump in for just a quick second? Sure. Uh, just go right just ahead. a reminder to you folks uh, when you came in and registered, you all got a bag. Try to remember to bring your bags down to the food show. And I'm looking for three people uh, Donna, and um, Miles, uh, if you guys could meet me out in the lobby, that would be great. Randall as well. Randall, if you're around. Thank you. I have a brief announcement. This is Donna Seliger. We have sold a total of $823 worth of raffle tickets. Let's try to make it an even thousand. So... Kathy is out at the registration table with tickets, and if you want to stop by, she'll be glad to help you out. Thank you. Good morning.
morning again. Uh, we're going to start um, this next session by giving you uh, another beginning code. And that beginning code is C as in cat, three, three, two, O as an over. So again, it's C, three, three, two, O right. as in over or on. Artists, <laughs> when do we yell bingo when one of these? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna give we're gonna give door prizes now. Hey, to there we go. Who came back from break on time? Who's ready for a door prize in here? Hey, look at I've got some lively claps here now. Great, great. Okay, the first name is Stuart Boggs. I believe he's a virtual. Stuart Boggs. Okay. I, let's take a next name. Okay, Randy Parker. Randy Parker. $200. I feel like I'm on the prices right. <laughs> hey, Randy, come on down. <laughs> I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. All right, okay. we've got a winner. Okay, great. Okay, Emma Palmer. Yeah, we got another winner. Okay, great. Hey, well, thank you. Well, our next topic is how to take advantage of USG rebates. And our speaker here is Linda Harrell, and um, she's from USG. Uh, she's their public relations manager. So let's welcome Linda. Thank you, Artis. Can everyone hear me okay? Can you get a little bit closer to the microphone, please? Okay. Oh. Oh, this is good. Can you hear me okay? Perfect. First of all, USG is honored to be asked to participate in this year's Sagebrush Conference. Any speechwriter will tell you to start with a joke or something lighthearted. My family will tell you I cannot tell a joke. I don't remember the punchlines. I don't tell them at the appropriate time. So I'm going to spare you all my rendition of a joke and just tell you today about USG. Many of you already know about USG and where we came from, but let me tell you a little bit about our history. VPC, Vendors Purchasing Council, and BVA, Better Vendors Association were two not-for-profit purchasing co-ops who competed with each other. Realizing we would be stronger if we worked together, we merged co-ops in 2009 and became known as Unified Strategies Group, or USG. Joining forces gave USG the ability to leverage our volumes and negotiate better rebates with the manufacturers. These results improved our members' bottom line and gave them the ability to be more competitive 
in the marketplace. More than 50 years of experience in the vending industry, today USG represents over 3,000 vending companies, 2,000 C-stores, and over $3 billion in purchases and $6 billion in annual sales revenue. USG has over 430 rebate programs that our members have access to. We have equipment programs from Alpha Distributors, AAT Sales, BUN, Vendors Exchange, DNS Vending, Holiday House, Minus 40, just to name a few. We have technology programs where you can get exclusive pricing, discounts, and a rebate for equipment. Special pricing for USG members using USAT, PAR Level, and Cantaloupe, as well as NIACS. We have a Penske truck rental program with special daily rates and weekly rates. We have a gas program with Superfleet where you can save five cents per gallon at Speedway locations when you enroll in the USG program using the Superfleet Super MasterCard. New accounts will earn an additional 25 cents a gallon on the first three months purchases. The rebate is reflected on your billing statement in the form of a credit. We have cold beverage, juice, and energy programs with Pepsi-Cola, Keurig Dr. Pepper, Great Lakes Coca-Cola, Arizona Tea, Florida's Natural, Welch's, Red Bull, Bang, Zion's, Fair Life, and Core Power. We have programs with several water companies as well. Blue Triton, Boxed Water, Deja Blue, Ever and Ever, Fuji, Core Hydration, Hint, Karma, Perfect Hydration, Proud Source Water, Talking Rain, and Viticoco. We have cookies and pastry programs with Hostess, Mrs. Freshly's, Little Debbie, Otis Spunkmeyer, Fieldstone, Baker, Kellogg's, General Mills, Lenny and Larry's, Tate's Bake Shop, Bisco America, and Brownie Brittle. We have salted snacks, jerky, and nut programs with Frito-Lay, Barcel, Snyder's Lands, Hers, Kettle Chips, Utz, Late July, Campbell's, Jack Links, Hormel, Monogram Meats, Blue Diamond, Emerald Nuts, and Wonderful Pistachios. We have confections and health snack programs with Mars Wrigley, Hershey, Ferrara, Ferraro, Haribo, Red Chocolate, Unreal, Quest Nutrition, RX Bars, Cliff Bars, Met RX, Kind, Made in Nature, and Balance Bars. We have cold food and shelf stable programs with Advanced Pierre, Breakbush, Deli Express, Hot Pockets, Tyson, Hormel, White Castle, Ready Pack, Grand Prairie, Blue Bunny, Mars Ice Cream, and Kraft Heinz.
We have coffee, tea, and OCS programs with Ellis Coffee, ConAgra, Alliant, Grindstone, Twinings, Splenda, Equal, Diamond Crystal, Nestle, Schmuckers, Folgers, Wolfgang Puck, and Death Wish Coffee. If you're wondering what Death Wish Coffee is, according to the label, it's the world's strongest cup of coffee. These are just a sampling of the many programs you can earn rebates from, and there are many, many more to consider. But let's talk real numbers. Pepsi-Cola and Frito-Lay support USG in our efforts to help our members be more competitive by lowering their costs through rebates. Pepsi's base rebate is $1.28 per case, per 24 count case on all cans and bottles. In addition to this base rebate, we have special promotions each quarter on items like Aquafina, Bubbly, Pepsi Flavors, Gatorade, Life Water, Mountain Dew, Ocean Spray, Starbucks, and Rockstar, Celsius, and Starry. And these rebates range anywhere from $1 to $4 per case. And this is on top of the base rebate. Frito-Lay's rebate is 12% on dollar volume, or $3.95 on LSS cases, and $2.88 per case on XVL, plus 10 cents per case, or $2.40 per case if you buy five XBL items per quarter. Additionally, this quarter, Frito is offering a purchase power rebate for an additional 96 cents per case on 12 XVL items, so roughly up to a 25% off on XVL items. We are still finalizing this year's Mars program, so I cannot speak uh, to this program at this time. But once it's finalized, we will be sending an email notification out to our members with the details of this program. Most of the USG programs do not have any minimum purchase requirements. And while we have special pricing on many uh, programs such as Arctic Air, Bun, Camlock, Habco, Minus 40, Tritech Locks, Danby, and True, to name just a few. We also have special pricing on coffee programs like Ellis Coffee, Badass Coffee, Steep Coffee, and healthy snack programs like Balance Bar, MetRx, Big Fresh Brands, and Boxed Water. Many of our key suppliers offer price protection periods, giving our members time to adjust their retail price due to inflation. USG has consumer promotions, which drives volumes in your markets if using Avante, Global Connect, 365, or 3Square, using their market cards or apps. These markets will advertise buy four, get the fifth one free, and USG makes you whole on the fifth one. These promotions cost you nothing, 
and it drives volume in your markets and goodwill with your customers. USG is completely transparent in what we do. Our customers have full access to our website where they can view the contracts so they can make better decisions on how to manage their business. As we process the rebates, they are posted to reward track for our members to watch throughout the quarter as the rebates build. You can see exactly what suppliers you are earning rebates with. We list the supplier by name, the total cases, dollar volume, and the rebate. We process and pay the rebates approximately nine to 10 weeks after the quarter closes. Most of our members are set up to receive their payments via ACH deposit, and this is at no expense to them. All our members are assigned a USG rep that they can contact if they have any questions or need assistance. We are here to help you in any way we can. We are partners. Now the important question, what will it cost you to join? There is no binding contract. There are no hidden fees to join USG. Just a nominal 10% of your earned rebates will be allocated for our operations. This fee is deducted from your earned rebates, so there is never any out-of-pocket expense. By working directly with USG, you will be increasing your rebates significantly and receive full transparency to our programs. Over a year ago, our board of directors made the decision to work directly with the blind vendors to help you keep more of your earned rebates, making you more profitable at the end of the day. We are offering a show special to anyone attending this year's conference. If you enroll with USG by the end of February, we will process your rebates at no charge for two full calendar quarters. That's right, 100% of your rebate earned for two quarters will be paid directly to you with full transparency. Anyone who is interested in joining, the process is very simple. After confirming your company's information and completing a W-9 form for the government, and if you choose to be set up with ACH, completing the paperwork, that's all you need to do. It's that simple. I would like to personally thank Scott Egan for all his support with USG. Our membership has grown significantly this past year, and we look forward to helping more vendors keep a greater percentage of their earned rebates. The choice is yours. I'll be glad to take questions. Hey, good morning. I'm Randall Crosby. Hi, Randall. Hey, Linda. Well, a couple things. You, you got my train of thought off when you said death wish coffee. <laughs> And you said badass coffee. Never heard of either one. I'm like, if she could have brought samples today, man, you'd have gained 50 members today, I think. I like my coffee, you can tell. But 
Yeah, you checked off a lot of things on the list there, things that stood out to me. I, I joined you folks at USG not too long ago, and a lot of us in Florida have as well. Some have, some haven't. And we all have a choice on what we want to do. Do we do a rebate or not with the company? It's our choice as business owners. And I've found USG and Linda to be very transparent, forthcoming when I make phone calls to ask questions. They're right there. I like that ACH deposit they have in place to get the money right into my account. But it's just been an easy relationship to work with Linda. I was excited when I heard uh, Linda would be here, finally to meet her in person. Look forward to giving you a fist bump at the food show. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> it's funny how we get to these meetings. It feels like we know each other by phone calls and Zoom. And now we finally get to meet in person. But I just wanted to make a comment more than a question, just that it's been a, a good working relationship for me and a lot of my peers that I talk to. And just glad to have this opportunity to have this rebate through USG. But I'll allow others to ask questions and things. Wanted to welcome you, Linda, personally, though, here to the RSBA convention, Sagebrush. Glad you came, could come in person. Thank you. Glad to be invited. I'll let others ask questions. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, I just thought of a third question, so let me start from the back and work forward. Um, you talked about the website. Is that accessible for the blind? It is. Okay. And then um, I heard you mention Coca-Cola in there. Um, do you have a national Coca-Cola program, or was it just with that one company that you mentioned? We currently have a program with Great Lakes Coca-Cola. We are working on a national program. We've been working on it for quite a few months now and we hope to have it in place this year. And then my last one is, so, and I'm not sure if this happened to everybody, but Vistar has upped our minimums from 750 to $1,500. Yes. Do you guys have any kind of a relationship with them where you could get that lower? We do have a relationship with them. We are actually working on that issue. This just came to light last week. So we were all kind of taken back with it a little bit, but, uh, Ed Cunningham, the president of the co-op, reached out immediately to Vistar, and they were very receptive with wanting to put something together for our members. Hi, I have a. Does it work? Yeah. I have a question. If um, if I'm a mem full transparency, I'm a member of RSA Management Group. If I were to want to leave that, uh, could I just join you guys, or how does that work? Yes. It's your company. You can make your own decisions about where you want to be associated with and what group you want to be part of. Yes. Are there any other questions for Linda? Microphone, please, guys. Please speak close to the microphone. Is there, there you go. Randall Crosby again. Just to, can you hear me? Randall, closer to the microphone, please. The mic's not on. We can hear you, but just not. This mic is not on, is it? Oh, we've got to really get on this one. Okay, <laughs> different mic from the other one. Yeah, just to follow up on that, I found when I, it, to answer anyone that may not know in the audience, and Linda could speak on this, I think you should, Linda. It simply is calling directly to Linda Harrell at her phone numbers that she has and stating that you would like to join, and it's a very simple process. You don't have to call anyone else to say any other things you're wanting to do differently. She just does it straightforward like that. Just call her and she'll set you right up with it. Correct, Linda? That's correct. It's a very simple process, like I said earlier. Just confirming some general information about your ship to locations and collecting your uh, then distributor accounts. 
It's pretty much that simple. We send you two forms to complete, a W-99 for our government, which is required, and if you want to be set up with ACH, as most of our members do, you have to complete the ACH form. I'm sorry? Oh, I, if everybody would just stop at the booth, I have flyers to hand out for you. I'll give you the number as well as the email address. Um, I never call myself. Isn't that terrible? I can't think of the number off the top of my head. Hi, this is Heather from Alaska. Close to the microphone, I, please. I was wondering if you service Alaska. I'm sorry, one more time. I was wondering if you service through Alaska. We'll service anybody that has a VEN distributor account that we can get the tracking on and if there's programs that are appropriate. We have a gentleman who's a member of ours from Hawaii. I believe he's here at the show today. And we're able to get him a Pepsi rebate. But they don't have VEN distributors there that qualify because the C stores... Um, I'm sorry, not C stores, but the um, club stores don't qualify, and that's where a lot of the product tends to be purchased in Hawaii. Who are you purchasing from? U.S. Foods. U.S. Foods is one of the companies that we work with, yes. Linda, could you tell about the, uh, the emails that you sent to folks that telling about specials and so forth? Oh yes, I didn't mention that. We send out regular emails to the members uh, listing all the programs that are on purchase power so you can be made aware of them, so you can focus on those items for the additional rebates that are offered for those quarters, as well as new contracts we have, or any correspondence that we want to do between USG and our members. So they do send out regular email announcements, keeping you abreast constantly of what's going on in the vending industry, as well as what's going on with USG. Yes, Randall. She's coming. Yeah, just a follow-up comment on that. Uh, I'm glad artists asked that question about the emails. We get regular emails updating on a variety of the products, the topics, and those sales reps. I found it very convenient to have that at my fingertips. More than a few times already in the past few months, I've, uh, through those emails, I've been able to organize uh, having one of those reps bring, come into my uh, quarterly uh, district meetings that I do as a district rep, committee rep. So anyone can do this in your area. You can set up through those, you can set up a having any rep bring in, come in to speak virtually on Zoom or in person and uh, introduce new products. It's been a very popular thing for me to do. It brings more interest to the, those meetings to have a speaker come in and actually talk about those products that we either are already using or, or may not know about and can use. Well, thank you. Um, Scott, did you have a presentation? I'm sorry, what? Um, uh, did you have a presentation for Linda? I do, as a matter of fact. I, um, making sure we've got one more question, and then we'll move on here. Real quick, um, is there paperwork associated with switching uh, for Coke and Pepsi? 
uh, no. We send the announcements to the distributors or the bottlers telling them uh, that this member has reached out to us and has chosen to switch groups, and they link their accounts accordingly. Are there numbers I have to hit, or is it case one? No, there's, there's no minimum. All right. Uh, Linda, I, is there any, uh, I think we covered all the questions. So uh, I do have something I'd like to present with you this morning. So uh, it is my pleasure to present this. The Randolph Shepherd Vendors of America, our Sagebrush BEP training conference, special recognition to USG Co-op, our RSVA Leopard sponsorship here at the Golden Nugget Casino. And with that, uh, our grateful appreciation from myself and our board. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, thank you. All right. Thank you very much for your time. I, Randall was, or Scott was kind enough to give me my own phone number here. Uh, for those of you that would like to reach out to me, the number is 224-425-4451. Or please stop at the, uh, the booth. We have handouts I can give you as well as I'd like to meet each one of you personally. And again, thank you for the time. Thank you. And her listing is in the program book and the uh, exhibitor listing that I uh, sent out to all of you who registered. Okay, our next panel is called Technologies Which Assist in the Workplace. And we have several speakers for that. We have Jessica Hip, and she is with Way Around Technology. Hi there. Artists, do you want me to go ahead and get started, or did you want to introduce everyone? I was going to go on. Um, one of them canceled out. She has COVID, um, Annette Noman, so she was not able to be here, but she has promised to be one of, on one of our upcoming um, Randolph Shepard vendor uh, check-in calls. So hopefully you'll hear from her there. Um, we also have um, Bob Rome, and he is with the, um, just lost my place in my grill. with Vision Technologies, uh, BV, and they are also here in person. And then Jessica Clark is also here, and she is with ORCAM, and she's also in person. So welcome, panelists. Go ahead, Jessica. Just Wonderful. a quick reminder as we get our panelists up uh, in place here and ready to go. Um, certainly at noon, we have our food show. Five o'clock, we have an auction. So please, please join us for our auction. We always have a good time during our auctions. We've got about 20 plus items to auction off this afternoon. 
and I'm going to be trying my hand once again at being an auctioneer. I, I, <laughs> I, I need to pay for some lessons, though, but uh, I will give it my best. So, all right. I think we've got some of our panelists up, so thank you all, and uh, I'll be talking to you soon. Great. Well, thank you so much for having me, artists. Um, I appreciate the invitation. I am Jessica Hip. I'm the COO of Way Around. And I have um, presented at Sagebrush previously, and this presentation is a little bit different just in that, you know, this is a technology that you can use um, to make your life easier um, behind the scenes. So if you're not familiar with WayAround, it's a labeling system that works with your smartphone. We have a free app for both iOS and Android. And then um, we have what we call Way Tags. And so those are the labels. They come as stickers, magnets, buttons, and clips. And we have a number of users who are entrepreneurs and vendors like yourselves who use WayAround to manage inventory, um, to help stock things. Um, and you can, it, even though WayAround is a labeling system, it can be a lot more than that. So I, I do have one example um, and I'm gonna, let's see if it works for me to share my screen, which it isn't looking like it's gonna let me share my phone screen. So I will just turn on voiceover and um, give you an example of what you could do with Way Around. You could label your, um, like I said, your inventory. And in addition to, um, you know, just putting putting the name of something, you could also put other information like the date you bought it or, you know, where you got it. If you have a link that you like to order from, you can even put that link directly on the Way tag so that if you're running low, you can hit the link put a phone number in if that's the way you prefer to do it and then easily get to um, to that. So let me um, go to the way around app. Later, button, passcode field, zero right. six values entered, okay. secure text field, voice Hold over on. off. My phone's having a mind of its own. It's thinking it wants to do an update. Let's not do that. Voice over on, Safari. All right. Double tap to open. Is Use that, three can you hear that through the microphone? Actions. Is it coming through? We can hear yeah. it on Zoom. Okay. I don't know about it. <laughs> okay. Double tap to open. Way around. Heading level one. All right. So I'm in the way around app and I have a little way tag here and I am going to read the way tag so you can know what's on it. Read button. Ready to scan. And now I'm just touching the tag to the top of my phone. Coke zero. Heading level two. So they told me Coke zero. It's just really way simple. Around. Way around. Heading level one. You could put in a lot more information. You could put a 24 pack. You could put cans or bottles or, you know, whatever information is helpful to you. So that if you're trying to get to the right type of inventory, you know, you'll be able to get that information really easily without having to ask somebody else. So there are a number of vendors that if you're curious how they use it, I could definitely put you in touch. And then we also have additional information on this tag. So it did say Coke Zero, and then I have one more piece of information. Purchase date, February 3rd, 2023. List start. So I put the purchase date, February 3rd, and that will just let you know when you purchased it. So if you have a bunch of different items, you could always um, go back and make sure you're using the oldest first, um, just to keep track of that type of information. 
If you have recipes that you're using, you can put as much information on Way Around. So anything that you tend to keep in your head and you might want it written down, you can think of Way Around like an electronic sticky note um, just to keep track of absolutely everything. And it's completely accessible for both iOS and Android. Um, it works with larger font. Um, you heard me using it with VoiceOver. It works with TalkBack for Android. And if you use a refreshable Braille display, it'll work with that as well. So it's really flexible in terms of how you get the information and it's very easy to use. Um, if you can write a text message, then you'll be able to get information into Way Around. Um, and one other thing I should say is all of the information in Way Around is private to your account. So if you do work with other people, I would just recommend um, Everybody can share an account so you can log in with multiple devices to the same email address while you're at work. Um, the email address using the Way Around app, and then you would all be able to read and write that information. So I will pause and pass it off. I don't know if you want to do um, questions during or after. So, um, artists, and I'll, Why don't I'll, we wait, I'll till, wait till all the presentations. Um, on this panel and then we'll have questions at the end. Thanks. Good, so I can pass it off to the next person. So my name is Bob Sirian. I'm head of uh, business development and territory management in North America for Envision Technologies. Uh, we handle all 50 states in North America and our Netherlands uh, corporate handles uh, the rest of the world, Asia Pacific and Europe. Uh, etc. Um, we've developed a technology called Envision Glasses. What it is is a smart glass technology that fits uh, on your face. I'll put it on in a second. And uh, Envision, uh, the, the smart glasses themselves are Google 2 glasses and we load our software into them. Um, we are regularly loading software into our system. We have an open technology type of system. So when we go into a vendor, for example, maybe a BEP vendor, uh, our enterprise group then modifies the software to fit the needs of the particular uh, vendor. Uh, as part of our technology, we also have an application, which is a separate application, can be used separately. In that application is a barcode reader. Uh, in our glasses, we have a QR code reader, so we can handle both sides of the equation. A lot of uh, vendors, uh, not necessarily BP vendors, but different types of vendors, like lighthouses, are going to QR technology because they can add more to the QR itself and then uh, present more uh, information. Uh, and then as part of the setup there, what we do is then we pair with an inventory control program and provide that information externally to uh, individuals that are, are using uh, the device. We have three models of our technology. Uh, we have a read model, which does as it says. It just does reading. It does scan text, which is an online OCR program. 
and then we have what we call InstaText, which is an offline reading program. It's meant to read uh, signs, uh, bathroom signs, menus, different things that's sort of staccato, uh, short sentences or short words. Um, and then we have what we call, which we feel is pretty unique to the industry, batch scan. So we can take, let's say you're looking at a paragraph or you're reading something that has more than a single page. You can accumulate that and download that into our library and then take it and send it to a friend, send it to your computer, um, and then manipulate it and send it out to third parties, for example. So that's, that's the reading uh, app. Then we have what we call the home version. The home version contains all of our different programs, and I'll let you know what they are in just a second, uh, except that it does not include a subscription uh, after the first year for additional um, upgrades. Uh, it'll fix things that maybe are bugs and things like that, but new features that we're going to be adding, it won't be included, and there's a fee every year for, for that, that service. And then we have what we call the professional version, which contains a, a, a lifetime subscription uh, to, to our program. So our particular device reads documents. We have a facial recognition, color recognition, uh, reads over a hundred different types of currency. It has a voice command feature, so you uh, push a button on the side of the glasses and it talks to you and asks you, you know, uh, you tell it scan text, it'll, it'll go into scan text mode. We have describe scene, we have an explore feature, so you're walking around and it will tell you what's around you, a bench, a chair, grass, a tree. Um, and we also have a describe scene feature where if I were to use that right now and look out in the audience, it would tell me there's a, a desk here and there's tables with a lot of different people sitting at it. So it's sort of a, just a sort of a snapshot of, of uh, what's, what's going on. So those are the features of, of the device. Um, I'll be available next door in the exhibit hall if you'd like to come by and try the glasses on and ask any, any additional questions or after the, uh, we're done with the presentations here. Thanks, Bob. Hi, good morning. My name is Michelle Mendez. I'm the National Sales Director for ORCAM. I'm here with my colleague, Jessica Clark. Um, we're going to hear just to talk a few minutes about ORCAM. So ORCAM is based in Jerusalem, Israel. We began dispensing devices in 2015. We sell nationally here, but we are also a global company. And what we do, what we do is we design devices that are wearable. So right now I'm putting on the ORCAM My Eye glasses. So what these glasses do is they take a picture of text and convert it to audio. So no matter what the level of vision it, that you have, it's okay, you can use these. It will take pictures of text from virtually any surface, and there's a little speaker on the back of the device that sits back by your ear, and that's how the information is communicated. So whether you need to, in your work, design a menu, you need to know what the food contents are, uh, if there's any type of dietary information you need, this device can read it for you. It can also recognize faces, so you can program up to 100 faces of your friends and loved ones in the device. It also recognizes currencies. 
Uh, we have a database of over 2 million barcodes embedded in our device. So if you're loading a vending machine and you need to know what specific product you're holding in your hand, you can identify it two ways. By letting the device read enough information off the label so you know what it is, or actually reading the barcode. If there's a product that's not recognized in our database, you can actually program uh, that product into our database. We also do color recognition. Our device also recognizes currencies, and that is the OrCam MyEye. We also recently came out with, or it's probably a few years now, we have a handheld device. It reads in the same way. It's very simple. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles of the MyEye, but basically it's a point-and-click solution. It's about the size of a Sharpie pen, and you hold it in your hand. There's just a round little button. You aim it at what you want to read, and it reads it for you. So both our devices, once again, they read off virtually any surface. So if you're trying to read a plaque on the wall, you're trying to read an invoice, you're trying to read something on the computer, your cell phone, the device can read off any surface. What's unique about our devices is they work via battery. You do not need to have any type of Wi-Fi connection to use our devices. So sometimes you enter in a building, there's no Wi-Fi connection. It doesn't matter. Our device is going to work anywhere for you. It's also, uh, both devices are also Bluetooth compatible. So we're going to be here all day. We'll be in the room next door. If you have any questions, Jessica and I would love to demonstrate these devices for you. So please stop by our booth. Thank you. Okay. Uh, now it's time for questions. And I'm going to give one first. Yeah, since I'm the moderator, I have that privilege. <laughs> uh, Jessica Hip, on the way around... Uh, when you're um, doing those, can you change the information on the tags or do you have to use new tags each time? Yeah, that's a really good question. You can edit them. Um, so you can, like the date, the example I gave with the date, you could just change the date if it was still the same, you know, some of the same information, or you could completely rewrite it, you know, instead of having it be Coke Zero, maybe it's um, a snack or something like that. Um, so you, they're very flexible. You can edit them as many times as you want, um, and you can scan them as many times as you want. Great. Do we have questions from the audience? For any of the presenters. Yeah, Randall Crosby here from Florida. Uh, can you touch on any of the cost of these items here, or would you rather wait for the booth for that? Or it's up, it's up to you. I'm happy to tell you our cost. So for our, our read feature device, for our read for our read feature device, it's fifteen hundred and fifty dollars. For our home feature device, it's twenty four ninety nine. And for our professional Envision uh, glasses device, it's. Uh, 3,500. Hi. Ben, was that your name, sir? Randall. Okay. Oh, wait. Randall. Okay. Well, uh, well, nice to see another Floridian here. Um, the OrCam MyEye, the, the wearable device, is $4,250. And our handheld device, the OrCam Read, is $1,990. And uh, for way around, we, like I mentioned, the app is free. And then the tags are about a dollar and five cents a piece. We sell them in 25 packs, and the 25 packs range anywhere from uh, 25 to 35 dollars. 
Thank you. <clears throat> Do we have other questions from the audience? You have plenty of time, so. Uh... Over, to, over to Envision. Uh, I received my Envision glasses about nine months ago, and I still haven't received any training on them. Uh, is that something that you can handle during this conference? Yeah, I have a link that you can... Um, uh, uh, well, I'm not looking for a link. I'm looking for someone to help me download the app on both my tablet, on my phone, and to show me how it works. Uh, the uh, vendor that client services went through was ineffectual. I, I work from 7.30 in the morning till 5.30 at night. They said, oh, they can come train me somewhere between Monday and Friday between uh, 9 and 5. So that didn't work for me operating my, my business and they weren't available on weekends. So I have $4,000 pair of glasses that have been sitting on my shelf for nine months, and I still can't read barcodes, or not uh, expiration dates on my sodas and so forth. Where, where, are, you, where are you located? I'm sorry. Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, just come see me at the booth. I'll, I'll, do, I'll take Wonderful. care of it. Wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate you. Hold on, hold on. I've got to get you a microphone. On that Oracam pin, how long does it last before you have to recharge that battery up? Because I think on the, what's the Oracam, the glasses itself is four hours. So, very good question. So, on the OrCam MyEye, our wearable device, it's about an hour and a half of continuous use uh, because the device is so small. We really have to make it weightless since you wear it. On the OrCam Read, the handheld device, it's four hours of continuous use, and the, the device does go into suspend mode to preserve battery while you're not using it. So, it's four hours of continuous use. Most people can go a whole day without having to charge it. Thank you for the question. We may have a couple questions here virtually, too. Uh, phone number ending at 031. Do you have a question? I have a question and a comment. Uh, first of all, on the way around, uh, I've had the opportunity to work with operators across the country. And if you're an operator, one of the best things you can have in your toolkit is way around. So I just wanted to give a shout out on that side. Uh, for individuals that already wear glasses, the, does your product retrofit the glasses, or how does that work? So the Envision glasses um, have come with a pair of titanium frames, and uh, also uh, there are two different models of uh, frames that can be used that you can add a prescription to, for example, but uh, you must use our glasses because the the hardware part of it attaches to a special um, clip on the side of the glasses. Um, you you can answer your sure. So for the OrCam glasses, we make it very easy. Um, we basically uh, provide a mount. So it's just a zip tie with two magnets that virtually adheres to any pair of glasses. So you can continue to wear your own glasses. We'll just put a little mount on the side, and you can use your own. No need to purchase anything additional. In fact, we provide, if you no longer wear glasses because they don't help you, our devices come with glasses already. Folks on Zoom, if you have any questions, kindly just, uh, there's a couple of people with microphones open. You're, you're free to ask your questions now, please. 
Do any of your products have, to, do you have to have internet services or Wi-Fi to use them? So with the Envision, about half the features on the, uh, both, uh, well, on the glasses uh, do require an internet or a hotspot connection, and then there's about half of the features that uh, do not. Uh, the reading feature, uh, Scantex requires it, and the Instatex feature uh, does not. Uh, eventually, uh, we are working to take all of those uh, features uh, offline, but um, it uh, affects the the nature of the programs, and that's why we haven't taken them offline at this point. Uh, that's Envision. I'm sorry. Uh, for the Orcam glasses, they were completely offline, so you never need any type of Wi-Fi connectivity. So whether you're flying 20,000 feet in the air and you want to read something, you can. If you're in a bunker in the ground, you can. Uh, it works completely offline. And for way around, the, um, it's completely offline except for the backup. So you can write tags, you can read tags um, just with your phone. You don't have to be connected. But we do have a cloud backup. So if you ever get a new device, you would just log in and be able to access all of your information. And in order to do that backup, that's when you need connection to the internet. So what a lot of people do if, they're, if they don't have reliable internet, the next time you know you have good service, just make sure you log into the Way Around app and everything happens automatically. You don't have to do anything to make that backup happen, but you do want to make sure if you're taking the time to create the labels that you do get it backed up. Randall Crosby from Florida. One more question from Randall Crosby from Florida. For the lady from Florida there on the panel, you got about nine of us over here at Sable from Florida, so. Uh, but on the glasses, the companies who have those glasses, is that impacted at all, the quality of performance? Is it impacted by the lighting in the environment? Go on. So lighting can always affect um, technology. Uh, with our devices, let's say you're in a dimly lit area, flash automatically comes on in these devices to kind of override that, that situation when lighting is dim. So for example, like you mentioned, if you're in a room that's dimly lit, you take a picture, flash comes on automatically. You, you, know, you don't have to worry about it. The same, for example, if you were in a restaurant. Bob? So the Envision glasses work uh, in a low light situation, but as I think uh, both of the glasses are operate uh, in a dark room, for example, our glasses will not operate. So. It'd have to have some, some form of lighting, window lighting, or some dim lighting. Yep. And, and way around, it doesn't matter if you have any light. It's just um, touching your phone to the tag, and the tags are tactile. So as long as you know where that tag is, you're going to be able to find it, and you would be able to get that information. Jessica, could you tell um, people, uh, Jessica Hip, could you tell people how they could order a way around tags or if you have a website they could check out? Sure. Um, so our website is wayaround.com, all one word, just like it sounds, way around. 
And we do have an e-commerce store if you live in the U.S., which um, I'm guessing all of you do. You can order from our store. We also have a number of distributors, um, people like AT Guys, Maxi Aids, Independent Living Aids. So if you like to order from them, they carry way around products. And then we have a number of um, smaller distributors, low vision stores, and those are all listed on our website as well. Thank you. And I Envision and uh, Orcam are both exhibitors, so you can get their contact information from them, or uh, it's in the program under the exhibitor listing as well. Okay, any more questions on Zoom or in the audience? We still have time, because one of the speakers couldn't uh, make it, so uh, there's still time for more questions. Artists, if I may, this is Jessica Hip. Um, if because I'm not an exhibitor there in person, if you do have a question or want to reach me, you can email connect at wayaround.com, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, and that'll drop right in my inbox, and I'd be happy to get back with you and answer any questions. Great, Hi. thank you. I, I have a question uh, for the three vendors. Uh, when I first heard Way Around, I thought it's a GPS thing. So for the three, is there any way you can do indoor navigation, uh, future plans or something in that manner? Thank you. Yes, th so that's a great question. And in fact, our two co-founders are architects um, and they both have vision loss. And it's something that we're working on, not so much navigation, um, you know, getting from point A to point B, but really describing that point B. So, you know, what is what is the room? What is the setup? Um, what are some of the features of the room um, that you might not even know are available? So we do have several pilot sites that we're working with. Um, and if you are, you know, interested in being a pilot site, if you know somebody, please do get in touch. Um, and it's the very same technology. It would be totally free for you to use. It's the business that um, pays for that. And we install it in tandem with the ADA sign. So if you can find the ADA sign, you can get to the way tag and get information about that space if you want it. But it's not, um, it's not a navigation app. It's not going to talk to you and give you tons of information all the time. It's really there for you to seek the information out when you want it. And we do have a, a pretty limited number. Um, usually after I say that, people say, well, do you have something near me? So I'll, um, if you wanna know some of our pilot sites, I can, um, connect with you offline, but we are actively expanding that program. Uh, so with Envision, there are a few forms in terms of navigation. Uh, first of all, with respect to our technology, we have two programs loaded on the glasses. One is called Call an Ally, and the other one is the IRA app. So with Call an Ally, you can call a friend, a family member, a loved one, and they can uh, through the glasses guide you around various uh, areas or locations. Uh, if you're familiar with IRA, they use professional agents and they have uh, sites in airports and different buildings where they will be able to guide you around and those are available through the glasses. And thirdly, we are actively developing uh, with other uh, industries 
uh, full navigation uh, programs, uh, which um, I believe should be out this year. We will not develop our own program, but we'll use the resources of um, other types of uh, companies and we'll load that uh, software into our, our application. So at this time, since OrCam works offline and does not connect any type of external server, at this time our devices do not provide any type of navigation feature. So with the Envision, uh, is there any way to link it with Google Maps? Um, not presently, but um, it, our device is a Google product, uh, Google Glass 2. Um, so we are talking to various companies. Um, uh, we're under a non-disclosure agreement with several of them. We can't really talk about what's going on, but that would be a logical extension of, of what we do is just to work with the, the Google Maps. The type of navigation that we're looking at is taking you from where you are, point A, to point B, and then taking you back to point A. So it's not just what's in front of you. You know, a tree is 25 feet in front of you or, you know, a bench or a sidewalk. It's actually getting you around. And so that's, that's the technology we're looking at. We're also looking at, now that we started to dig deeper, our developers, um, we're also looking at two types of, of navigation, an indoor navigation and an outside navigation, which are two entirely different, you know, forms. And, you know the general companies out there. Um, because of our open architecture, uh, we're actively seeking, uh, you know, those kinds of relationships and partnerships like we did with the IRAP. So as, as these get developed, will we have to buy newer versions of the equipment or will our existing uh, glasses that we currently own be uh, able to add those features? So the hardware, the, the hardware that you have as your glasses will support the software that we've added. But we are on a subscription program effective the end of January where if you buy into the lifetime subscription, you will have it. Or if you renew a subscription every year, you'll have it. But if you just buy the version that doesn't include a subscription after January 31st, uh, 2024, um, it would not be added to your current classes. Okay, thank you. Are there any other questions in the room or on Zoom? I have a question. Go ahead. Uh, regarding the way around tags, can you describe the size and shape? and also how do they attach and detach from products? Really good question. Um, so we have seven different styles of tags. There are stickers, magnets, buttons, and clips. Um, most of them are about the size of a quarter or a postage stamp. Um, the buttons, there's two different types. One um, you can sew in and the other you would attach with a safety pin. The two hole button is the one that's, you, that's for sewing. The oval hole button is our best selling item because not only can you use it with clothing with a safety pin, you could also loop a rubber band around it, make a little slip knot, and then you can put it around a bunch of things. 
The buttons are waterproof, heat proof, and cold proof. So they're great in the freezer. If you have, you know, refrigerators or freezers, um, I, I often steer people towards silicone bands rather than rubber bands since the rubber will snap in the freezer eventually. And the silicone is food grade. You can buy them on Amazon, um, but that's a really popular thing to do. And then um, the stickers are, there's two different styles, a round and a square. Anything square with way around, if you, it goes on metal. It can go on anything else, but if you have metal, you have to use a square one. Um, and then the magnets, of course, go on metal. And then the way clips are a, a little bit of a different shape. They're kind of like a big plastic paper clip, about two inches tall and an inch wide. And they go great on paper, thin cardboard, things like cereal boxes, granola bar boxes. Um, and then you can also use those with a rubber band or a hair elastic as well. And then we have a, a pretty active blog on our website and there's just tons of ideas of different ways to attach the way tags. Um, I, I like to say we've never found something we couldn't label. Um, somebody, a different kind of business owner, he has a farm and he's a cattle rancher and he found a way to label his animals, his cattle. So I, if we can label a cow, we can label anything. <laughs> So you put the text in the way around tags by using your um, your phone? Yes, it's all um, text-based. You can, any way that you would normally write an email or write a text message, you can do the same thing for way around. You know, so you can use the phone keyboard. A lot of people like to just do voice dictate, but it's not recording your voice. It's recording it as text. Um, some of the things we, we have um, what we call detail templates. So those are categories of things like food or clothing or cleaning supplies. There's a whole list of them. And some of those have more predefined fields. So for food, there's things like, you know, common allergens or, you know, kosher, gluten-free, that type of thing that are just in pick lists so that you don't have to type that in every time. Um, so there's there's lots of ways that you can, you know, make it work really hard for you. But a lot of people also just keep it simple, just use that description field. And it's pretty easy to get information in there, change the information, whatever you'd like to do. Do we have any other questions from the audience um, or or from the Zoom participants? I think we're good in the room, artists. OK, great. Okay, do any of the three panelists have any last minute words to say before you go? <laughs> I'd just like to say um, on behalf of Envision, uh, th thank you all for uh, spending some time with us here. And, and as I indicated before, we're uh, next door at the exhibit hall where you can uh, have a first look at at our technology and there's there's other technology over there as well so it's a good opportunity to really see see without what's out there that it would help help you in your uh, businesses so on behalf of orcam thank you so much for the opportunity to present this morning um, jessica and i look forward to meeting you all if you have any questions if you would like a demonstration of the device um, we'd be happy to show you so please stop by thank you so much Yes, and thank you so much for having me virtually and making that possible, artists. And again, if you have any other questions, you won't find me in the exhibit hall, but you can um, email connect at wayaround.com and I'll get right back to you.
Well, thank you all very much. We learned a lot this morning. <laughs> okay, we're still running a little bit early, but do I have my Pepsi folks in the room? Um, um, our next panel is how to maximize your use of PepsiCo products. Yep, they're coming to the podium. Okay, great. We have Scott Stella, a Doug Purdy, and Michelle, I'm going to butcher your last name, I betcha. Um, Shelly Malika. That's it, good. <laughs> All right, thank you, Artis. So uh, good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Scott Stella. I'm with uh, PepsiCo. Um, I pretty much uh, work on the beverage side of the business. I also have our director of vending here, um, Doug Purdy, um, who will be in our booth today, as well as uh, Shelly Malika, who um, pretty much handles the food side of the business for, uh, for vending. So, um, so before I get started, first of all, I wanted to thank um, Scott and Artis for uh, inviting us to, to this event this year and allowing us to sponsor this event. I believe this is our seventh or eighth time that um, Doug and myself and Shelly have been here, and we really, really enjoy um, this event. It's great getting in front of all of you. Um, and talking, you know, a little bit about the PepsiCo business and your business. Um, I know, as all companies are, we're a little strapped at getting out to every account every day and, and keeping you updated on things that are going on with PepsiCo. So this gives us a great opportunity to do that and kind of, um, you know, bring you up to speed on some of the things that we're working on. So, um, again, thanks, uh, Scott and Artis. We really appreciate it. So I thought I'd do something a little bit um, different this year um, versus talking about our innovation and products, which I will put a little blurb in at the end here. But I thought I would talk more um, today about our, in our equipment innovation. Um, we have a new um, piece of equipment out there. We call it the Quick Pick Cooler. And um, before I talk about the benefits of it, I'm going to talk a little bit about what it is and how it works um, so you understand what I'm talking about, and then I'll talk about the benefits. But if you can envision a single-door Pepsi cooler, the difference in the single-door Pepsi cooler is it has four cameras on the inside of the cooler, and it has a credit card reader with a screen on the front of the cooler um, in order to get it open. So the way that this, this cooler works is that the consumer would go up to that cooler, they would either swipe, insert, or scan their credit card. The cooler would then open up, and they would be able to pull out the beverages that they want. As they pull those beverages out, there's four cameras, like I'd mentioned, one in each corner, um, the top top two corners and the bottom two corners that face towards the plane as they, they break the plane with their hand in the product, it sees that product, it knows what that product is, and it will charge the appropriate price for that product and put it in a shopping cart. Um, the, as, like I mentioned, as a consumer pulls products out, it'll continue to add to that shopping cart. If they decide they do not want something, they can put that product back in and it'll take it out of the shopping cart. So it is all, it is all um, done by visually, these cameras visually recognizing the product. Once, once the door is closed, they can hit a button that says, you know, close the sale and it'll automatically charge your credit card. 
um, and or within five seconds, it'll close out the, um, the, the shopping cart and charge the credit card. Within that five seconds, if they decide to reopen the door and take something else or put something back in, it'll continue to work off of that shopping cart. Um, so it's a very unique, very innovative idea as far as um, you know, selling beverages in an unmanned or an unattended type retail environment. It's really kind of the next generation of, um, of micro markets. So some of the benefits of this, of this cooler are, first of all, we can put this in places where we, where we couldn't have a micro market, or we can put it in places that are um, uh, in farther parts of an account. So for example, let's say you have a micro market in the main area of the business, but it's a very large facility with long hallways and, and employees and so forth have a harder time getting to the micro market or it takes them a long time. You can put these coolers in different parts of the business and it'll act just like a micro market where they can go up there, again, scan the credit card, take what they need and it'll charge them. Um, it'll also give you the ability to put it in, uh, in places where maybe you could only put vending machines before because of theft and things like that, um, where you can offer a visually pleasing piece of equipment where the, the consumer can see the product, which we absolutely know drives sales when they can see the product, and um, offer a bigger variety of, of products, for example. So um, there's a lot of opportunity to expand the footprint of your micro markets or even existing accounts um, with these type of coolers. The other benefit of it is it virtually eliminates theft. Um, if you think about it, they need a credit card to get into the cooler. Anything they pull out of that cooler is gonna get charged to that credit card. That credit card, unless it's a stolen credit card, is they're gonna get charged for it. Um, so it's, it's, it's the um, technology on it is 99% accurate and uh, it really would eliminate a lot on theft. And if you think about micro markets out there, micro markets of theft is in the double digits. Um, you take that out of the equation with a cooler like this. Um, as far as the, um, the cooler itself, um, a lot of coolers and things with technology like this, you have to set planograms and items have to go into certain rolls or certain slots in order for it to get charged properly. In this cooler, it doesn't matter where the product is at, it doesn't matter where your driver fills the product. Um, as it goes in and out of the cooler, recognize the product. It doesn't matter what slot it came out of, what shelf it came out of. Um, the other benefit to that is um, when you think about planogram coolers and vending machines, glass fronts and things like that, if a driver does not have a product, for example, let's say um, you know you have three rolls of blue Gatorade in your planograms and your other equipment. In this cooler, you, the driver does not have that blue Gatorade, they can slot orange Gatorade in there, they can slot Frappuccino in there, they can slot Pepsi in there, it doesn't matter. Whatever they have in their truck, they can put in there as long as it's in the, the library of, of items that it recognizes. And that kind of brings me to the next piece of this is there is a library of items that this cooler will recognize. Currently it's over 100 items and we're continuing to grow that. Um, so the other thing that this cooler helps us do is it helps us also um, minimize on you know, foreign products and, and such being in the cooler. It really helps us control you know, what's in the cooler, but it also helps you control what's in the cooler and what your driver is putting in the cooler. Um, as far as the quick pick lineup, 
we're not just stopping at the cooler um, also. We also have a quick pick market, um, which is a small micro market. And, and before I go any further, I actually have brochures on all this stuff that I'll be passing out at our booth. So if you're interested in this, um, please stop by the booth. Um, the coolers are gonna be available later this year. Um, they're gonna be very limited in 2023, but as we expand this, it's gonna be a regular piece of our equipment um, portfolio that we'll have. We, like I had mentioned, we are also doing a quick pick market, which is a micro market, and it consists of um, shelves for the food product, the Frito-Lay, the salty snacks. It consists of an open air cooler, a single door cooler, as well as a kiosk. Um, where the consumer can go up there, scan their product, and pay for their product. Um, we have one of them at Hershey Park right now that has been we've been testing. Um, it's been a great piece of equipment, and um, we are going to be testing 30 more of these with mostly USG members um, on the East Coast to get used to uh, you know to, to dial these things in, and those will be coming you know probably 2024 and on we'll have the micro the micro markets we also have a quick pick um, cart which is a cart that um, has the, pay, the payment POS system on it it has a little cooler on it it has some uh, racks where you can put some snack products in there and it, um, basically it's a cart that you can roll out in place in businesses let's say where a micro market just gets overwhelmed there's so many employees there's lines to pay for the product get the product and so forth this will be a cart that you can roll out it will be plugged in in the back room but it will hold a charge for several hours while it's out on the floor and you can roll it out during a rush a lunch hour and things like that um, it, can, it just really kind of takes some pressure off the micro markets it's great for like healthcare type accounts, campus accounts, especially campus accounts where the cafeterias just get, um, you know, bombed right off the bat. So, um, so that's that's a little bit on the future of what we're looking at for equipment. The coolers, like I said, are closer than the other two items at this point. And um, later on this year, some of this stuff will be available. And going into 2024 and beyond, we're going to continue to develop this quick pit market. Um, so before I talk about the innovation and a few other things, um, is there any questions on the quick pick? Oh, my, ta my table from Florida. A shout out to the Florida table. I'm from Florida too. Give me a second. <laughs> I'm coming with the mic. By the way, all you Florida people, Thank you. thanks thanks for joining USG. Where are you Where are you at in Florida, sir? Cape Coral. All right, yeah, I'm in St. Augustine, Florida. Uh, Beautiful. All on right. that smart cooler, maybe I missed it. You might have said it already. Uh, I'm trying to visualize it comparing to a glass front or a push button machine. Is it how's the pro, Is it as many products and is it the dimensions, the size of one of those, like you know, six feet tall or something? Or okay, so elaborate it's, on that. It's, um, it's like our normal single-door coolers. They're 72 inches tall. Um, there are five shelves. There are eight rolls across, and I believe there are seven bottles deep. Um, so it's, it's like our standard single-door cooler. One of the things I did, I'm glad you actually asked this question, one of the things I neglected to, um, to talk about is that's another benefit of this cooler is you basically you can offer more variety than a stack vendor. 
pretty much similar variety to a glass front, but you do not have the moving parts that you have of a glass front vendor with the arm and the, the chutes and all that type of stuff. This is basically a cooler, has a, the, um, the reader on it, and a compressor, so there's very little for this thing to go wrong. The other thing I forgot to mention is there is a full VMS system behind this thing run by Sandstar. So you can uh, control inventories, pricing, um, sales, pretty much everything you see on like uh, your normal VMS systems, you will get that with this cooler. Um, and and the, uh, the unit that's on the door, the reader, is, is made by Castle, and the VMS system is um, Sandstar. So thanks for the question. Um, he needs to be on the microphone, please. Okay, so... Um, Could you repeat the, the questions or comments? Whatever. Yeah, so we're, he's, we're coming with the mic. Yeah, so he's, he's asking more of the question of um, what are some of, some of the issues that we've seen with, uh, with it. So, um, first of all, as far as the consumer knowing what to do when they go up there, it's pretty um, intuitive when you walk up to it. It basically says pay pick and slip. It, it basically tells you to scan your card. It then tells you to open the door and pick the products. So it is pretty intuitive. Um, we do have static cleans that we utilize on some of our test units through our full service line of business that we could also supply that say it in bigger print, but actually the screen is a pretty good size to where um, you can see it. Um, as far as the problems, we've tested 20 of these in our full service line of business, and I tell you, they've been pretty much flawless. But the, the thing that we um, initially struggled with was communication because you do need a, a good cell signal with this. Um, but we do have, um, rep uh, what do you call those, um, where it, it boosts the signal. You know, so other than that, there has been really virtually zero issues with this um, with this piece of equipment and the technology. Okay, also, um, does it come with its own card reader or do we have to purchase our card readers for it? Yeah, great question. So um, you basically you do have to purchase the card reader and there is a setup fee. Um, in total, everything is right around $700. I think the card reader is $450, and it's around $200 setup fee um, for, the, for the reader. Okay, and can I put myself in for two of those in one of the cards? Um, you, see me at the booth. Give me your, your name and number your, or your business card. And as we are starting to roll these out, we'll definitely keep you in the loop on it. Like I said, they're going to be later on this year before we start rolling these out. It's going to be kind of on a limited basis. Um, and then in 2024, we'll have quite a bit more of them. Now, also, uh, besides those, uh, what are you guys doing for new glass fronts? Because currently, it's the old Royals, and obviously Royal went out of, uh, um, uh, out of business. 
uh, in, at least in my region, that they're using. So if I'm looking for just a regular glass front from um, my Pepsi provider, uh, we're kind of out of luck. So uh, what besides these new and out, anything over the next year that you guys have new product for machines on a glass front? Um, as far as I, as far as I know, on the glass fronts, I mean, I'm not the the equipment guy. Even though I'm up here presenting some new equipment, <laughs> I'm not our equipment guy. I know we do have um, Royals and we do have the old uh, or the 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 Venmaxes also. I don't know if there's anything new coming on the glass front front, um, but what I can do is I can talk to the uh, the equipment. In your area, you're in Florida. I take it, right? Yeah. Talk yeah. to them and see what they're what they're offering as far as equipment. Um, and one one last thing, um, one one of the product lines that Pepsi took over was Celsius, and Celsius is one of our major movers. Yeah. And I would absolutely love for both of my micro markets a separate Celsius cooler <clears throat> that carries all of the flavors of Celsius. I would love to put one in each of my markets. If you have anything like that available. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll get your your business card and we'll get you set up with that. We do have Celsius coolers available. Again, things vary from market to market and bottler to bottler, so it kind of depends on the what the, that particular market's doing. But Celsius is a focus brand for us as well as energy as a whole. Thank you for bringing that up because I was going to mention that later on. We are now the distributors of Celsius. Um, it is the fastest growing energy brand out there right now. We're very excited to have that brand. I actually have one sitting on the table over there. I have one every morning. And uh, if you're not carrying Celsius or you don't know where to get Celsius, you can get it through your Pepsi bottler now. Celsius does very well on a college campus. What's, yes. the, what's the volume you're looking for on, on this? And you said they're on, not On the quick pick coolers, yeah, like five cases a week, um, 250 cases, 300 cases a year. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention was um, in the booth today we have a lot of our innovation as well as a lot of our Frito products, so please stop by. A couple of the innovation items that I wanted to call out, the first one was Celsius, which thank you, we've called that out. The other one is Starry. For those of you that don't know um, what Starry is, is we have replaced Sierra Mist with Starry. Um, it's a lot better lemon lime drink, a lot better tasting, very attractive package, and we have some no. samples of that in the uh, in the booth also today. Okay. All right. Well, thanks everyone. Thanks for all. Oh, another question. Go ahead. Sure. Sorry, I hate to feed a fed horse. The talking about the rebate stuff is. So, we, so there's no, it's not based on growth. If I bought 100 cases last year and 30 cases this year, I, I'm still available the rebate. And it's not, it is on case one or growth? For what the, program? For the, for the USG, the, the Frito-Lay and Pepsi for the rebate program. Yeah, so there's um, basically, there's USG members here and there's non-USG members here. So I'm not privy to talk about any particular rebate program or pricing, pricing set by the bottling system, as I think most of you know. As far as the rebate program, I know Linda li lined up a lot of um, um, the different programming that we have, as well as other suppliers have. Um, it's really through USG, so my suggestion is to talk to USG. 
Yeah, you, you probably want to talk to Linda, or I can talk to, if you're a USG member, I can talk to you about your USG program specifically. If you're not, you need to talk to USG about what their programming is and how it works. You need to use the microphone. That's what that's when we want to get confused because we don't want to get confused. Sure. Well, it was it was seven years that's made it based on case one. We were under conception. We were members. You need to use the microphone, please. What we were members that was based on growth. I know a lot of you there, members that didn't get rebates because they didn't re hit the numbers. If it's case one, all we want to know is if it's case one, that's great. We just want to know for those blind members that are members that they're getting, that they're getting told the, the truth. That's all we're asking. Thank you. So there are several programs that we have with USG. There's base funding, there's share funding, there's, there's growth funding. Um, there's different hurdles to hit. It's not one rebate. So that's, that's part of the reason why you probably, if you're not a member, you need to talk to USG. They can lay out what the programming is. If you're a member, I'm more than happy to talk about your specific business and, and um, what the rebates are available to you. Yeah. Yeah. And some bottlers participate, some don't. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's some variables that go with it. It's not, it's not a black and white answer, so. Okay. All right. All right, very good. Well, I think we are going to move on. We are starting to run down on our time. So, Scott, we want to thank you. I, yep. do, I do don't want you to run away just yet, though. Oh, okay. First, first off, because when we get two Scots on the stage, how good is life, huh? <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I'd like to present you, like you present you with the Randolph Shepard Vendors of America Sagebrush BEP Conference Special uh, <clears throat> Recognition to Pepsi Food Service, our RS. VA Tiger sponsor, and uh, just our sincere appreciation for you folks being here from myself and our, our crew here uh, putting this together. So, Great. Thank you, Scott, and we really appreciate the opportunity to get in front of all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we have an ending code, and then we have a couple door prizes. <clears throat> okay, our ending code is C for cat. 390N for Nancy. Again, that's C390N. And we have a couple door prizes. <clears throat> Who doesn't love a door prize? <laughs> oh, Patrick there Martin. we go. We still got people clapping for door prizes. <laughs> Patrick Martin. Patrick Martin. Is Patrick in the room? Yes. There we go. We got Patrick. All right. <laughs> Okay, Randall Crosby. Randall! Hey, we're doing the Florida Bunch now. All right. Okay. They're both in here, so. Okay, so thank you. We'll mark you down. Uh, door prizes will be sent immediately after the conference. Right, exactly. So, a couple of housekeeping things. <clears throat> Forgive me, I'm starting to lose my voice today. Um, if you've got a bag when you checked in, you may want to bring that down to the food show. We're going to be opening the doors soon. My ask, my ask of all of you is go ahead, make that first round. If there's something you see, go ahead and take one. 
after everybody's had a chance to be around, then go ahead and take what you wish. But let's make sure everybody gets a chance to see all those products. So, all right. Thank you much from my side. Artist, anything else? No, that's it. Thank you. Thank you all for attending, and we'll see you at the food show this afternoon and our auction at 5 o'clock.